0: Affirmative Murder is brought to you by My Life in a Book. With Mother's Day right around the corner, I just know you guys are thinking about a truly special gift for your mom. But let me tell you about a pretty priceless gift. MyLifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book that you could pass down from generation to generation, which I think is a pretty awesome memento to leave behind. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. Your mother or the mother can either type her response or record her voice. MyLifeInTheBook.com then compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audio book using her voice recordings. It would be like preserving her voice and her stories for all of eternity. Your mom's giving you a lifetime of stories, and this is your chance to give her a way to share them. I'm in the middle of my mylifeinabook.com journey, and I'm really excited to see how it turns out. I've been asking some pretty thought-provoking and funny questions, and, you know, I'm excited to see the response, but I'm also just excited to have the physical book in my hands and know that I can look back on it in 20, 30 years. The interface is super user-friendly. The questions are super easy to set up. It's a breeze of a process. So what I need you to do is check out mylifeinabook.com. That's mylifeinabook.com. And use code AMP. That's A-M as in Mother's Day. at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for the mom in your life this Mother's Day. One more time, that's mylifeinabook.com. Use code AMP for 10% off today. Hey, what's going on, folks? Before we start today's episode, I wanted to talk to you guys really quick about Instacart. Instacart is one of the coolest new food delivery apps that allows you to grocery shop from the comfort of your home using your computer, your tablet or your smartphone. All you have to do is go on Instacart, select the groceries that you want delivered and schedule a time for them to come. Now, what's cool is. Even though we're in crazy times right now, you can typically expect your food to be delivered in as little as an hour, but you can also schedule the food to come later on that day, the next day or, you know, even within a few days. You also have the option of picking up the groceries yourself, which still saves you the hassle of trekking through every aisle looking for your specific items. Fun fact, did you know that the baked beans aren't kept where the rest of the beans are? What's up with that? We've actually entered into a bit of a partnership with Instacart, so if this sounds like something you're interested in and you've never tried it before, if you click the reference link in the episode notes and go to Instacart and sign up, you actually will be really helping the show out. So whether you're busy, lazy, or just trying to avoid the crowds in the corona, click the link in the episode notes and sign up for Instacart today. Instacart. Skip the line with the tap. All right, guys, enjoy the show.
1: You are now
2: listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the street.
0: Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the equal opportunity true crime comedy podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Franco Evans.
1: Oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman, can't you tell, man? gonna post doing it. Fran, how you doing?
3: What up, man? I'm doing pretty good. I'm here. Everything's good. It's hot as shit outside. Ferocious. But I'm still here. Um, I didn't melt on my way here. I don't um, know how. Yeah,
0: I stepped outside to take the recycling out, and I thought
3: I was gonna die. Yeah, and it's not a long walk from my house to the curb. No, it's not. Um, I looked at a couple houses today, and you know when you go in vacant houses, oh the the air is off. No. It's, it's beyond <laughs> off. It, you got to crack the doors yeah, open, yeah, all oh kinds yeah. of A yeah. vacant house yeah. in the summertime,
0: it's 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 the it's the absence yeah. of, of cool air. Yeah, it's not just you know how you might be trying to save some some money in the in the summertime. You go, we're gonna go. It's only eighty We're two. Gonna cut the air off today. That's a terrible a,
3: decision. Why would you do that?
0: Hey man, BGE is a real thing or whatever you you know, Con Ed or whatever, yeah. you know, electric electric company controls you in your state. Yeah. It can get out of hand sometimes. So you might go, you know, we'll bear it, we'll keep the fans on, whatever. Mm. When you go into a house that is just nobody has lived there for six months and yeah. there's been no air blowing through there at all, it's None. like the air it's it's <laughs> like being outside. Yeah. There's no breeze. Nope. It's like, you, you know, usually you walk in the threshold of a house, you feel some kind of difference. There's yeah. a temperature change. Maybe it's 80 outside, but it's 75 in here. It's like, yeah. no. Oh, you just walk through a doorway, yeah. but it's still outside air.
3: Can't breathe. It's all hard to breathe. Hot yeah, yeah. air. Oh, inhaling and stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. No, I, know,
0: uh, I have no no jealousies. <laughs> and, but what I will say is, it's the best time to look at a house yeah. is is when it's warm enough outside for people to be outside. Yeah. Now, it's still, it's kind of hot today where it might not be people outside. That's that's the difference. My point is, you know, like I have a grandfather that bought a house in the wintertime, mm-hmm. and it looked like a good neighborhood because yeah. nobody comes outside in the wintertime. time. Yep. Then soon as you know, as soon as that first bird, twinkle, 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 you see the first flower bloom. Yeah. Oh, he had trash and chicken bones and shit all on his curb. People Everybody came outside, outside yeah. and you know started having a good time. Yep. Now, do you think that a day that's like red alert level heat is a bad day to look at a house because maybe people won't be outside on a hot day too? Yeah. I feel like people are more likely to be outside on a hot ass day than a cold ass day.
3: Yeah. If you go, yeah. If, you, if I if, had to pick one, I yeah, would to be hot. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Maybe maybe later during the day will probably be the best time to go. Like yeah, like a like a dusk. Six. Yeah, 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 yeah. When, yeah, when that sun's starting but to come the, down a bit. But when the humidity is high, it's like oh, it's gonna be hot all day. It's gonna be hot all day or hot all night. Oh my goodness, man. Yeah, yeah. And it's one
0: of those days today. Yes. It's gonna be hot at seven o'clock tonight. It's like when you walk up, you go, damn.
4: Yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. It, it's it
0: like punch on you. you. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> the heat just comes, sit right on your shoulders. What man? How you doing? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and
3: yeah. then the worst worst net is getting in the car. You got
0: yeah, your leg out and open the doors. Oh my god. Or you go to touch.
3: Yeah, everything burn you in the Oh, everything fucks oh, see, you. I up. don't have leather in my car. You do, so I know it burns you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it's hot.
0: <laughs> I, I went not even just the the inside of the car. I went and it was a hot day one day, and I you know I like dropped my keys, so I put my elbow on the car yeah. to you know just brace myself while I reached down to get the keys. Yeah. Light you Forearm, up. Forearms <laughs> all. Oh man, it's shocking heat when it touches you. That yeah, is scalding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, man, but it's you know still it's still 2020, so it's good to say. You're alive. Yeah. So for all those sure. things, it's hot outside, whatever. Be able to, to be able to feel those things and experience those things still in twenty twenty is a big deal. Yeah. It's always good to say, hey man, I'm alive. I'm still yeah. making it. I'm still progressing. And while I'm alive, I still want to also speak into, you know, fruition, arrest the killers of Brianna Taylor. Uh, it's not enough for them to just lose their jobs. We need we need John Matt. uh Mant. Matt, Mattingly, mm. Miles Cosgrove and Brett Hankinson, they need to face some kind of justice. I, yeah. You know, it's not just enough for them to not be longer be police officers. What they did to that girl uh, was unforgivable. And I'm starting to hear reports now that possibly she was still alive after they yeah. shot her. Yeah. And they just didn't administer any kind of medical help because they were still trying to like per- lock down the perimeter of the thing that would nothing was going on. Yeah. So they just let her lay up there and die. Because they were trying to secure things and make sure there was no threat around, you know. Yeah. Um, So you know, everybody's everybody who's responsible needs to be brought into justice. Yep. On to different news. I don't know if you've been keeping up with this story about this guy Fahim Saleh. Mm-hmm. He's the CEO in New York. He they found him chopped up in his apartment. Mm. Chopped up. Yeah. In what New York? In New York. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He. What is in, gang, in, what is in like, Manhattan?
3: Uh, <laughs> gang related or is no? This like,
0: uh, that's even worse than that. He's the CEO of this company, right? Uh, the, some, like they do something with giving bikes out or motorcycles. It's almost like an Uber type of situation. Or how they, you know, how they have the scooters here where you yeah. can get to rent the scooter for the day. Yeah, I believe the company is something in that uh, lane, but okay. it's in a, in other countries okay. like Nigeria and Bangladesh and things like that. His personal assistant was embezzling money from him. Mm. He finds out they're saying I'm hearing reports of up to a hundred thousand dollars this guy embezzled from him. Okay. I'm talking about the dude who, you know, sets up his appointments, gets him his lunch, that guy, stealing money from him. He finds out, confronts him, Mm -hmm. and is like, instead of calling the police, we can set up some kind of payment plan for you to pay me the money back. Yeah. Sounds like a super cool, reasonable dude, because I would have, it wouldn't have been, the the, when I confront him about the money he stole, the police are already with me. Yeah. If that's me.
3: Well, he might be chopped up, but go on. Oh,
0: like, also... I'm not chopping somebody. Up, <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't have the. Yeah. I don't have the. I don't have the stomach or the mental fortitude to cut somebody up. So it shocks me that a person who
3: was a, a personal assistant, it went that far. But can you? But can you really say that? Not in, be, not being in that situation. Yes. You can. You cut can somebody up. I mean, if I, I
0: shoot some, you know, in the. I don't know. You. If I can use your line of logic in a passionate moment. Somebody hit my girlfriend, you know, somebody, you know, said something crazy about my mom and I snap and stab them, shoot them, fight them, punch them in the face. They fall down the steps, break their neck, something like that. But to kill somebody and then it's like, OK, now I'm going to roll up my sleeves and try to get away with this by cutting the body up. I don't know. I, that, I can say that with confidence. I don't think I just to do that. like
3: for me. I I I feel get like, <laughs> when I see people get needles on TV, <laughs> I feel like when I hear blackout, I go, that's bullshit. But then I also think it's kind of true. You just blackout, just
0: do what you got to do to get through. Your your body takes over. When
3: you go like, I can't, I don't, I'm not going back, I'm not going to jail, I'm not, you know, my life comes before, like whatever the case may be. You go, you just snap and it's just like, and you come back and go, some some guy's in 20 pieces. But what
0: if your blackout happens and when you kill the person and then the blackout's done and there's just a body in front of you, do you think you could be cognizant and and chop a body up to to not go to jail. I'm asking like the I don't genuine. Think so. no, I don't think That's so. what I'm saying. Like it's one thing. I mean, I don't know how blackouts work. Yeah. But if I blackout, kill the person, and still still in the blackout, like wildly chop a body up, yeah. then okay, that blackout happened. But if I blackout or go see red, yeah, and I kill the person, I shoot him, I stab him, I whatever, beat him to death, and then I awake from that haze and there's a body there, yeah. I can't get out of a, a fucking orbital saw and chop a person up and all that shit. I just I
3: don't have that in me. Some people did, man. Some people do, Some rest, people do. this, too. Rest, rest in peace. Yeah, uh, what's her name that was in the military? Rest in peace. Oh, Vanessa Guillen. Vanessa um, yeah, Guillen. Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, like, that's is, that is that's nuts, man. Yeah, it's,
0: but I don't know what that, I don't know if that guy's seen combat. I, the guy that did that, I don't know. Yeah. If he's just a reserve who's been doing push-ups and hasn't seen any kind of combat, has no PTSD or anything like that, then, yeah, something just was from his personal life allowed him to be able to do that. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, if you're in the military, maybe they train you to be able to handle things like that more, you able to adapt to those situations. Yeah. I don't know his his um med- his uh military record, mm-hmm. but if he's seen some shit like that to be if he if you ever killed somebody, you are already a step ahead of me to being able to cut up a body. Yeah, I never I've never harmed anybody in that kind of way. So I hope not. I, on the, these these mics are on. Yeah. So I mean, that doesn't mean anything. I've never I've never harmed a, anybody.
3: You tell a lie? I don't know.
0: And if it was a lie, it would be a lie into this mic. If it was the tr- if I did kill somebody, I wouldn't say it into a live microphone. Yeah. But, but you could be lying. We're gonna move on. All right. Well. Um. But my whole point is, this guy Tyrese Haspel
4: mm-hmm.
0: stole money from this dude. Yep. Got caught. Yep. Uh, Fahim is like, look, man, we can figure out a payment plan. You pay me my money back. I don't think you're gonna be able to be my assistant anymore, but. In order for us to not take this to the next level of legal matters, mm-hmm. we need to schedule something for you to pay me my money back immediately. Yeah, he stabs him up, kills him in his apartment, and then chops his body up. And then he got caught mid chop up. Yeah. Somebody came in and, you know, what it saw caught him midway through or whatever. And now he's he's in custody and facing second degree murder charges. I don't know how it's yeah. second degree murder, but they caught him. Yeah,
3: one that's a hell of a payment plan and. He was like, ain't, that ain't gonna work.
0: Yeah, it took uh, me, it took me like three years to I got windows put into the house when I first got here, and yeah. it was they were like they were like maybe four grand or mm-hmm. something. I it took me three years to pay that off. Yeah. So I don't know how long it takes to pay off a dollars I mean, I'm in a fucking mortgage, so I yeah. mean, I can so,
3: imagine. Yeah, so he chopped him up because he got caught, and then I need to. Well, know he chopped other him up reasons. because he
0: caught stealing the money, yes.
3: Yeah. I just that's it? Yeah Th- that ain't worth chopping nobody up. I know I said a whole oh, bunch of shit, but that ain't worth. <laughs> that ain't worth that. He went too far. Way too far, man. You better helping that payment plan. He better be lucky he kept his job. I don't know if he did keep his job, but either uh, way, even
0: if you you should be lucky you kept your freedom. Even if he's yeah. he's giving he's giving you yeah. an
3: option to not go to prison. Yeah. So it's like he sounds like a reasonable guy. He sent. Yeah. went to him with like, hey, you know,
0: I saw this. Yeah. Let's remedy this by pay, you paying me my money back, and I don't want I don't want to send you to
3: jail. So you, man, this world is cold, man. Yeah. You, you get your money so you want stolen me to, from you. You. Want, me to,
0: you want me to pay you the money back? No, and you're dead. Not you get not, your mu- not, right. Oh man, thank you, man. I, you know, I'm sorry. I, know, I, you know, I feel terrible about we, us ruining our relationship, but I'm going to try to get you that money back as soon as possible. Instead of that, he was offended at the notion of you want the you want the money back. Yeah, you want your money back, and he murdered him.
3: Get your money stolen from you, and then you get killed it's and like... brutally
0: killed to yeah, where man. like you know. A funeral was. That is sad. He man. doesn't get to be buried properly. You know, his family doesn't get to mourn him properly because he chopped him up.
3: You know, that's one of the things where we we can look at it and go. If I I wouldn't even if I knew this outcome, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even fuck it. Yeah, no. The police are being called to me.
0: I'm not going to tell you you embezzled my money. Yeah. The police are going to tell you that when they arrest you. So that's and again, up, again, it's stories like this. It's stories like now. This is different a little bit, but it's just that it makes you. Hesitant to have compassion and have humanity. When you hear a story like what happened to Nipsey Hussle, you yeah. hear a story about this guy finds out finds out somebody wrong did him wrong, and tries to be an adult about it. Yeah, beyond an adult. I yeah, mean, this is like biblical. This is this is incredibly spiritual. So instead of getting you in trouble and sending you to prison, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pay me back the money that you stole.
3: And he lost his life. To, I need to know the reason why you chopped him up. He
0: hasn't spoken on it yet. I would assume he probably won't. Or if he does, he'll speak to the DA and with tied up into a plea, But um just hoping for him to just be candid and speak about why he did what he did. I don't
3: see that happening. What if I it's think some like extra shit going on behind the scenes?
0: I, when I first heard the story before the details came out, I said, this is tied to the Jeffrey Epstein thing. I, 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 I would bet money on it, but I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know much about his company, but he's a CEO. He's worth a couple million dollars. He's not worth Billions but when i heard ceo and yeah. millions of dollars i was like oh he was on the list yeah but it sounds like no it sounds like this is just a crazy coincidental crazy, story man. of a, of a you know uh you know his personal <laughs> assistant killed him yeah but either way rest in peace fahim saleh and you know you gotta watch it back man people people only show you what they want you to see That's and crazy, man. they have videos of this guy Therese, in Fahim's apartment, playing with his dog. I mean, they were friends. He was a personal assistant, but you know, you These hang out with him. Fahim's Middle Eastern. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know from where exactly. Oh, but uh, Tyrese looks black, and they're playing. He's playing with his dog, but they're both American, I believe. Okay. Like they don't, yeah, have, you know, I, uh, Fahim is you know Middle Eastern ethnicity, but I believe he's an American citizen, and so is Tyrese, and. They're playing with dog- oh bro, you can hear Fahim. Oh bro, he's trying to he's trying to get you, man. Like, I mean, you know, you spend time with each other every day. I don't care what your title is. Yeah, you develop a friendship and a connection of some kind. And that dude turned around and
3: killed him and chopped him up, man. Yeah, I need I need to know more about that.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, as the details it's, it's, come in, I probably will touch it, on it again. Yeah, it if has I, to if be he, something. If he else speaks other than out, that. if he speaks out, I will absolutely bring it back.
3: Um, was he married or something like that? He was young, man. I'm not Fahim, justifying who this Fahim or the, Tyrese, either one of them.
0: I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't know the details, but this dude, this dude Fahim was a, like a 33 year old CEO doing his own thing, owned a business, making a, a profit, millions of dollars in profit. So he was a, he was a young whiz he was a young That's whiz crazy. kid, man. He was doing his thing. He was living in Manhattan. I think his apartment was like two million dollars or something crazy That's like sad, that. Man. you know he was on top of the world, doing Thank his you. thing. All that hard work, man. All that hard work gone down the drain. He got Selena, bro. That's not cool. Super fucked up. Um, What's also super fucked up, I hate to report, uh, John Lewis, a uh, historic civil rights activist. Uh, you know, I believe he's a congr- con- congressman in Georgia, you know, has been speaking on, you know, being on the right side of the history, getting into good trouble. Just a just a overall, you know, a freedom fighter mm-hmm. passed away over the weekend. Um, not really sure from what just, you know, so yeah, natural like
3: pancreatic cancer. or something. Okay. You
0: know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just the condition of of old age. Yeah. Uh sixty years ago, man. Yeah. It's out there, you know, just cause those videos are in black and white, don't let people make you think that shit was, you know, a hundred a hundred years ago. Yeah. Like it's people that were there to see Martin Luther King speak that are perfectly young. Yeah. You know, in their in their late fifties. That were there at the Washington Monument on that day where all these amazing speeches were given. It wasn't a hundred years ago. Yeah. Um there were people of all types and 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 ethnicities and sexual orientations were there to hear all these people speak. And it makes me sick that, you know, we're trying to do this movement where everybody's included and we're letting these weird YouTube conspiracy hole, uh, ideologies reach the mainstream. You know, I'm not here to shit on Nick Cannon tremendously or shit on Deshaun Jackson tremendously or shit on Steven Jackson tremendously. All these dudes do a wonderful work for people. But when you start, you know, dabbling in those, you know, uh, black Israelite ideologies and demonizing the Jewish people and saying they run everything. And these tropes are racist and not okay. And there were absolutely Jewish people out there fighting for civil rights for black people. And, you know, I'm sure there are Jewish people who might be racist. Everybody is racist a little bit, right? Yeah. But you can't just demonize a whole group of people and you can't be asking for equality and then turn to the left and say, well, oh, well, those people, they, they like, hurt children and con- control the media and they're evil and you can't do stuff like that. So let's, you know, let's have a message of unity and equality for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all I got. I want to say rest in peace to John Lewis. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some fucked up shit. So stick around. Right speaking on all radio.
5: The leadership of Dr. King, his words, the action of Rosa Parks inspired me to find a way to get in the way. I got in trouble. It was good trouble. It was necessary trouble. Barbara Lee, Mayor Harris, been getting in trouble. I have the feeling that here today, too quiet we need to make some noise we need to find a way to get in the way we need to find a way to get in good trouble necessary trouble if we're going to save
4: What do you think?
3: Uh and we're back. Um so it's my turn to go first this week. Um my friend of murder story this week is about the case of Lennon Lacey. Um, Lennon Lacy. Lennon Lacey, suicide or lynching. Are you saying okay. Lennon? Lennon, yeah. Okay, okay. Lennon Lacy. Uh I got the story from mediumtruecrime.com. Okay. I got to give people their uh credit what credits due. This is written by um an author of the True Crimes Times. Her name is Julie Julie Fiddler. Julie Fiddler. She's the writer of this article I'm about to read. Shout out to Julie Fiddler. Yeah. So here we go. Race is a hot topic in the United States these days, especially in the run-up to the presidential election. It's hard to imagine that just a few decades ago, black people had to ride in the back of the bus and couldn't intermingle with white people in public. We've come a long way since then, but we still have so far to go. In 2014, Lyndon Lacey was a handsome 17-year-old at- 17-year-old African-American teenager who was a star football player. He had the world at his fingertips and plenty to live for. But he was growing up in a predominantly white town of Blendenborough, North Carolina, mm. where the young man was sometimes on the receiving end of racial slurs and harassment. Now, it's I feel like it's not that I feel like that would be hard to deal with like on like a day-to-day basis or like every other day or whatever just to for sure deal with that All the time, like
0: well, especially being a, I would assume, you know, they said something about him being good at his sport that he's playing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you play other teams. They got a little slick shit to say to you to try to get you off your game. And they, they, I think that still, I know that still happens today. But they might believe it a little less today and be more trying to get a psychological advantage on you. But back then, it's like we're not only trying to get a psychological advantage on you, but we believe this shit when we get off this field too. Yeah,
3: and you're in the south, and you're in a predominantly white neighborhood.
0: Yes. So, you know, you you know, if you go to a predominantly, you're you're predominantly white neighborhood, predominantly white school, you're good on the football team, You got girls looking at you, you know, you know, might be perceived that you're flirting with these white girls and all this. You got all those kind of things happening all under the umbrella of, you know, Jim Crow or segregation or, you know, being in the middle of the civil rights fight. All that's happening. And you're just trying to be a teenager who's good at sports.
3: Yeah. And you got to think about all that stuff, too. Yep that's a lot mentally to um for sure to be carrying around all the time.
0: I mean think about Jackie Robinson, man, he just wanted to play baseball and stuff and then he had to go, oh shit, well, now I got to take on this whole fight of trying to integrate the MLB. I just I'm just good at baseball. Yeah. But then he became it became this whole thing you got to think about all this shit and when you go out there, you better be good cuz if you're not, they're going to kick you out the MLB immediately yeah. cuz they don't want the headache of getting hearing you get called nigger and all this type of stuff and you're bad at the game. You better be transcendent yeah. so that it's worth you
3: being here. Yeah. So when Lacey was found hanging from a swing set by a leash and a belt that didn't belong to him on August 29th, 2014. Oh, wow.
0: Wait, wait. I thought this was like the 60s or something. No. 2014? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Scratch everything I fucking said then. Wow. (laughs) Wow.
3: Yeah, yeah. So local and federal investigators ruled his death a suicide, which is going on still today. But Lacey's family and friends say there was no way he would kill himself. And there are plenty of reasons to believe he was murdered simply because he was black, He was a black man dating a white woman. Okay. So if Lennon Lacey intended to die on August 29, 2014, it was impossible to tell by his actions on the 28th. The West Bladen High School student laid out his football uniform on his, on his bed, knowing he would take the field the next day. It was to be the first football game of the school year, and by all accounts, he was excited about it. And I can, and I, and I'm sure me and you can touch on that, and anybody oh man can touch on that on that. that you lay that shit out for that that first day of school, whatever it may be, your first game. You got your shoes out, pap whatever, rally, whatever it is, whatever. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. excitement that the excitement and nerves that you you feel the day before or You'll hours before. You never get that again after
0: you graduate from high school. Never, never. You got the you make you make a like an outfit body yeah. You find the chairs like the shirt, then the yep. pants, then the shoes are down by where pants the pants stop. The pants
3: stop. Yep, yep. So Lacey spent all summer making sure he was in shape for football, running up and down high school stadium steps and wearing a sixty-five pound exercise jacket. Oh jeez. When his mom could afford, when his mom could afford it, she gave him seven dollars to spend the day working out at the Barrow gym. Mm-hmm. Lacey did not only had plans for the day of his death, but he also had plans for the future. His goals were to become the starting linebacker on the varsity team and earn a scholarship to play college football and then earn himself a spot in the NFL. The young man hadn't shown any signs of depression and mood changes. According to Lennon's brother, Pierre, Lennon had recently lost an uncle, but his mother said he was grieving as a normal person would. He was not contemplating suicide over the loss. Yet, at 7.30 a.m. 730 a.m. on the morning of the 29th, 20- on the morning of the 29th, mm-hmm. Lennon was found dead hanging from a swing set in the middle of a trailer park occupied by predominantly white residents. Come on.
0: If you want me to buy the the suicide thing, it's the same thing with the Robert Fuller story out there in California, which they've they've concluded and they said that it was a suicide and I'm not going to speak yeah. on people's mental state. But to hang yourself in such an impersonal Like, not at your house, out in public, in a neighborhood that's not yours. It just feels so far-fetched from what we have learned about suicide over the last few decades. It Mm -hmm. just seems so out of the norm to, like, go out, publicly hang yourself in somebody else's neighborhood. Yeah. You know, it just is so weird.
3: And then it's like this this swing set is like like it was um, like a cheap... Type swing. It's just it's just made out of wood. with yeah. like one slide. It's not like this whole thing like parks nowadays. Right. It's just like this old like playground a, set with a trailer behind
0: it. Oh, like a, like a like a Walmart. Yeah. Swing set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yep. this, oh, that's like that's like a um like a kid's play gym. Like it's got a yeah. swing set and the slide. Yeah. And the,
3: or like something you, somebody will have in that backyard if they have enough right, space. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Not not a, a professional's duty. Right. You know. So you know, for a football player who can put on a sixty-five pound. Jacket and run around. I feel like it would be kind of odd to pick that. I wouldn't even think that that would support my weight to, to, to hang myself. Yeah, you
3: yeah. Know? Um. So it was, it was the same trailer park where prior to Lacey's death, two residents put up a sign around their trailer, warning niggas keep out.
0: What? Wow! Just yeah. straight up like that. Yeah, 20, man. 2014. Yeah. Wow. They proudly
3: flew a Confederate flag, which is not surprising.
0: No, fr- see, friend, no, you got it wrong. The president said that's just. That's just appreciating your history, man. You just celebrate. What, the ce- Confederacy? You just celebrating. That's what he, he said. Con- celebrating what? Just, you know, history and your family. It doesn't have nothing to do with uh, racism or nothing or how you feel about people. It's just, you just celebrating your family. That's what the president said. So
3: Yeah. Um, so I just so wanted to correct you. Yeah, thanks. So they proudly flew the Confederate flag, apparently unwilling to accept that the South lost the Civil War. So that's what... <laughs>
0: Yeah, you're, that's you're, what, they, that's what a Bruiser man like he's all he lost bro like just let it go man
3: again man we Dang, we talked bro. about this before if kid, you're gonna the, kid,
0: it, the kids next door tv show lasted longer than the whole civil fight and the, the rebellion against come on man yeah I, I i more seasons reba reba lasted fantastic show reba's way better than the civil war fight it's way better they way more way more fans wait why, why not fly a reba flag you know what yeah. i mean Reba did way more for the country than than the Civil War rebellion did. That shit was trash, bro. Your uncle lost. He's a loser. Yeah,
3: I don't. I I just, I just don't. I don't. But it's
0: not about that, friend. It's just about celebrating your your family and your history and sure. celebrating the South, though.
3: Yeah, I guess. Uh, so those residents were bothered by the fact that Lacey, seventeen, was involved in a romantic relationship with a white woman, fifteen years his senior. Oh, named Michelle Brimhall. Does she live in the trailer park? Um think so we're in an area or something I, I'll, I'll get to it okay so brimhall said neighbors had told me they were against interracial relationships and it was not right me being with a black man we tried to keep our relationship a secret we will walk to the store Ooh, wait to- who is the are these his words these are her words oh okay. okay got it got yeah, it yeah, yeah. what's her name her name is michelle brimhall okay um so she says she, they tried to keep their relationship a secret we walk to the store together, but we never held hands or kissed or any of that stuff in public.
0: And she's 15 years older than him? Yes. And he's
3: in high school? He's in high school, yes.
0: I mean, this is not an appropriate relationship for other reasons besides it being an interracial relationship, yeah. but okay. Yep. I just want to speak on that because yeah, it's yeah, yeah. double standards. If this was a girl mm-hmm. and a dude that was 15 years older than her, it, this it, people would be super outraged about that. Yep. So... He's let's call him seventeen he well, he is seventeen okay, she's seventeen, so she's like twenty eight that's, uh, that's yeah a little, that's a little I mean yeah, go ahead,
3: sorry, um well, I don't know what is it sixteen right sixteen what i that's the uh age of consent right sixteen.
0: I suppose so, but I'm just saying, even if we're just talking morally,
3: but legally, I mean, is
0: yeah, I mean, I su- I suppose, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. believe, I, yeah, I believe is is seven. But 60, if he if was over the age of yeah. seventeen, you know, yeah,
3: but if he was if fifteen, <clears throat> well, his, his family speaks on it. Okay, um, so the Ku the Ku Klux Klan was active in the area, according to Brimhall, hosting marches as well as meetings at a boarded up building in Bladenborough. Um, so you hold these meetings in a, y'all hold meetings in a, a boarded up, uh, abandoned, abandoned house. Mm -hmm. Okay.
0: I mean, you know, that's pretty on brand for how trash the KKK is. I mean, I would, I would be more upset if a VFW or some kind of fire hall gave their space for them to have these meetings. And if they were having these at a Hyatt Regency in the, in the conference room, I would be you know, probably calling for a boycott of these places. So, yeah. you know, yeah, it's pretty, yeah, you know, dirty, nasty group meeting
3: in a dirty, nasty building. Yeah, they have a picture of just this group of um, Ku Klux Klan members walking mm-hmm. down the street and two black guys walking past, like, looking at them, like, y'all really walking around. Wearing a hood. In the South with a whole suit on and with kids with them and everything.
0: Yeah. Yes. Got past that heritage down. Yeah. It's heritage, not hate, right?
3: Um. So Lacey met 31-year-old Brimhall after Brimhall divorced her husband and moved from Illinois to Blattonboro, which is a hell of a ways away. Yeah. For a while, the teen and the mother of three Mm, lived across the street from each other in a public housing complex. Okay. Only a small handful of people knew about... Now, he's 17 years old. She's 28 with three kids.
0: People know that he's cranking this... uh older lady not even that she's I I mean older not in the sense that she's old because she's not old at all no but just being 17 in high school being a dude if I was hooking up with a girl who was three years older than me people are gonna know about I'm telling people about that you know I'm driving her car sometimes I can picture you know when you when they're saying they were secretive about it they were only oh-so-secret. I'm sure people picked up on the, them walking to the store together. And even if they, the funny thing is, even if they were just friends and, and, and uh, not doing anything with each other, the rumor mill would have been swirling around initially anyway just if them spending time with each other. So people would already be assuming they were having sex yeah. with each other even if they weren't. Yeah. Except they were. So whatever undercover thing she thinks was happening, everybody knew. Yeah. I guarantee that.
3: Um, so only a small handful of people knew about the relationship between Lacey and Brimhall. And not only them approved, I'm sorry, and not all of them approved, mm-hmm. including Lacey's family. The Lacey's confronted the couple twice about their relationship For the Lacey family, though their complaint was about the age differences, not their son's interest in a white woman. Yes. Which completely understand. Mm-hmm. The family had also had concerns about the fact that Brimhall was a meth addict. Meth addictic prostitute. Wow. Yeah. Are drugs are drug addicts and sex sex workers necessarily bad people? No. But most parents wouldn't want their teenage son dating a significantly significantly older drug addict who sells her body to pay the bills.
0: Yeah, especially when the, he they want him to stay on the track of yes. going to college to play football or whatever. Yep. That's a big distraction. She's got kids. Yes. Aside from her having her addiction issues and what her you know her work choices are. Mm. That's a lot of distraction for a kid who's trying to be on track to yeah. go play football professionally or play f- football at a school. I can understand a family being like, look, man, you don't need that distraction yeah. in your life.
3: And you don't want the risk of him getting involved and being experimental with the stu- stuff that she does.
0: That and or being involved in a CD lifestyle, which I mean, I know they're saying he committed suicide, but I mean... You love this woman, or you care about this woman, and then somebody comes around saying, "Well, she owes me money for drugs, or I'm her pimp, yeah. or whatever." I mean, that could lead him to be in a situation where he's in danger, and who wants their kid to be in danger? Yeah. So,
3: but speaking out honestly, um, I don't know how he felt. You know, we don't we don't know how he really felt about this, about this about Miss Brimhall. Sure, but speaking from. Me, I feel like this is just a fling type yeah, of
0: thing. Yeah, it could have just not been that deep for him even. Yeah, she's and an older she, woman. And she's the woman speaking on it. a high school it. kid. Yeah, and she's the woman speaking on it, so yeah. she can make it sound super romanticized yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But we don't know his perception of what their exactly. relationship was. Yep. you know. So that's a good point.
3: Yeah, um, Brimhall said that Lacey was a good kid who wasn't involved in drugs. He didn't get into trouble at school, and all he wanted to do was play football and pursue a career in the NFL. And while the age difference between Lacey and Brimhall drew um, the eye of a few um, of the people that knew about the couple, Uh Brimhall said that she always tried to encourage Lacey to follow his dreams. If Lacey was suicidal, his family never saw it. Most are convinced that Lacey was lynched and there are enough um, oddities surrounding the football player's death to warrant serious consideration that he was murdered. Now, I'm saying every white person in Blendenborough is racist. She's saying that it's not every person, not every white person in Blender Burroughs is racist. Okay, but, got it, got it. But it all takes one racist twit with the thirst of blood to end an innocent person's life. So um, they also get, they have a, like a part where they talk about lynching and I, I just, that word and just hearing about it and it happening to people, black, white, yellow, doesn't matter who it is. It's just, it's terrifying. I just, and I really don't like talking about it too
0: much. Well, even just the fact that you put all of this in the, Spectrum of 2014 is, is insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like the fact that pe- that were, that they're saying things like, well, you know, people were looking at them crazy and yeah. people had fears of, you know, what could happen to him for being in an interracial relationship. These things, any of these things being things in the 21st century are insane to me. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, there's this documentary called Prime Night in Mississippi. It's on HBO. And it's about this town in Mississippi. They had two proms. Mm-hmm white kids go to one prom and black kids go to another prom. Mm. So there's a lot of States that's just in, in cities and towns. that's generations behind, you know, what progressive, the idea of what's progressive now, you know, yeah. some places are find ways to still be segregated in a way that everybody in the town recognizes the segregation, but it's just like, that's just how it is here, man.
3: Yeah. Um. So according to the NAACP, this is just like a little fact. Uh-huh. According to the NAACP, 4,743 lynchings occurred in the United States between 1882 and 1968. Of that number, 72.7% of those lynched were black, while 27.3% of lynching victims were white. Many of the whites who were lynched were done so for helping black people mm-hmm. for, um, against, for being against lynching. Yeah. Most of these um, egregious crimes occurred in the South. I just i don't have any reason to go <laughs> down south just, yeah, just man, I'm, you know I'm no, no uh, disrespect man I, yeah
0: i'm sure the food's great um and i'm sure you guys have come a long way but alabama mississippi nope. uh most of georgia yeah and you know I, i'm good man I, yeah I, you know, I'm, I, I'm good i'm fine
3: um i'll just take people's word for it and how yeah. the food is and Send it to me. Yeah.
0: You could know, <laughs> do it. You could do, do an Instacart type of situation or HelloFresh type of situation. Box up the ingredients. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. From your town in Alabama or Mississippi and send them up to us. Yep. And we'll cook the food and get the vibes here. Yeah. Where, you know, things are a little more our speed. Yeah.
3: That's about it. Yeah. Um, so if the only strange aspect of Lennon Lacey's death had been his limp body hanging from a swinging set in a predominantly white neighborhood, that would have been suspicious enough. However, it was only one aspect of the case that pointed toward a more sinister conclusion. Mm -hmm. Lacey's official cause of death was listed as asphyxia secondary to hanging. Investigators said they had no reason to believe Lacey was murdered, even though Lacey's future plans indicated he had no intention of taking his own life. Right. When the North Carolina branch of the NAACP hired an independent um, coroner, uh, independent, uh, what is it, path up? Oh, pathologist. But that pathologist, to mm. dig deeper into the case, the pathologist found that it would have been impossible for Lacey to hang himself from the swing set. Uh-huh. It's like, why is that why are we even talking about that? How you gonna find somebody with the hands tied behind their back with the feet tied and their feet and hands tied together hanging? It's like, yeah, that's that's suicide. Yeah. Like, how oh, was that what No, was, but I'm just oh, okay, I'm just yeah. saying that's like the ones that's been coming up, they they all have been ruled suicide. Right. And it's like and it's like it's sketchy at best. Yeah. It's like, at, oh, they got up there with a chair and they kicked the chair over. It's like mm.
0: In this case specifically though, again, I don't want to I don't I don't I don't want to dig too deep into the Robert Fuller thing, but in this yeah. case specifically, for you to tell me this neighborhood had a no nigger sign hung up. Yeah, the the they are they are po- the 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 scenario that they're opposing to the public is this kid was depressed and wanted to kill himself. So he went to a super racist neighborhood. Mm-hmm to hang himself on a swing set because that's how he wanted to kill himself. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't track, man. Like this no. kid's a football, you know, star. He has a he has a plan. Nobody yeah. in his family is saying he has given them any indication that he's depressed. Now again, I always want to preface that with my personal experiences being a black man in a black family where, you know, a lot of stuff is tucked away a lot of stuff isn't talked about a lot of stuff you might get called a punk for or weak mm-hmm. for for expressing so you might internalize those feelings i fully understand that but no signs yeah no sign he did not play football his last year of college i mean last year of high school he didn't he wasn't training the summer before the last year of school he was doing all that he was training and, and you yeah. know laying his outfits out and going to practice he was doing all of those things there's no deviation from his normal plan to look at to say, oh yeah, he that, thats where the sign of depression is. Nothing, I just—I just find that hard to believe. You would see something. He quit the football team. Yeah. He stopped messing around with the girl across the street. You know, he stopped coming out of his room as much. He yeah. started coming to school late. Something. You know, everything he's doing, everything that he always does, and all of a sudden he just turns up dead in the park. I mean, that's a, that's strange. Yeah.
3: So the five nineteen—I mean, this wasn't a small dude. Five nineteen was found hanging from a. From a noose attached to a crossbeam that was 90 inches off the ground, too high for Lacey to reach on his own. Lacey would have would have had to use a chair or some other item to stand on, place the noose around his neck, and kick the item away, but not such item was found at the but no such item was found at the scene. Yeah. Lacey had recently purchased a new pair of Air Jordan sneakers, but they were found to be missing. When Lacey's body was found, he was wearing a pair of white um, sneakers that nobody recognized. And they got a picture of sneakers. It was a pair of Air Force Air Force ones. Right. Um. So yeah, he had a pair of white sneakers on that nobody recognized. Mm-hmm. More, moreover, um, those sneakers were two two sizes small, two sizes too small for Lacey's feet. So I don't know who did the did that road to, you know, take his shoes and then throw some shoes on him and stuff him, stuff his feet in those shoes right it's like well
0: it sounds like if we're going with the theory that he was murdered which i i'm gonna go with for now because of what has been presented to me that's what it sounds like it sounds like his shoes were stolen Mm -hmm. and then in order to make it not look suspicious that he's barefoot they just put some shoes on him. maybe they put their shoes on him yeah yeah you know what i mean like like, i'm taking his shoes i'm gonna put his shoes on my feet and put my shoes on his feet yeah um, that is incredibly strange to have on shoes that are two sizes too small. Yep, I I've had on shoes that are a half a size too small for an hour, and I'm feet like, okay, we gotta go home. Yeah. I, my big toe is screaming. <laughs> it's you know, I feel like the nail's gonna come off yeah, of it. Yeah. Or I, these have to come. I don't even yeah. know if you can put on shoes that are two sizes too no. small. Yeah, they'd have to be, your feet would have to be forced into them. Yes, because sure. it would hurt too bad to put them on.
3: Start walking on the side of your feet.
0: And yeah, like exactly. I mean, maybe if they're if we're talking about flip flops, where you got some feet room. Yeah, but you're talking about Air Force Ones. You know, you got to stuff your foot down yeah. in that shoe.
3: Two sizes. That's yeah, that's, that's, two that's,
0: sizes is way too much. You yeah. can't put those on <laughs> alive. Yeah, it just, you can't
3: heel hanging out. Yeah, and at best, at yeah. best,
0: you're you're you definitely folding down the heel and the back of your foot is coming out of that shoe. Yeah. Uh,
3: so while Lacey did did own a be- a belt similar to the one he was found hanging from. His mother discovered her son's belt in the car a few days after her son's death. Uh, So Lacey's mother, so they had a picture of um, Lacey's mom at her son's grave. Yeah. So Lacey's mother looking sorrowfully at the little boy who held so much promise, noticed scratches and abrasions on her son's face. While lying, um, while lying in his casket, a lump could be easily spotted above his right eye. Even the mortician F. W. Newton Jr. was shocked by what he saw. Like, how did nobody, how did nobody see this until he's in the casket? I don't understand that. Um, I don't how know, the mortician man. didn't see this before? Um, you know, I guess the funeral. So well, Newton, before they ruled it a suicide. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Newton was startled to see abrasions across both shoulders and down the inside of both arms. How do you miss that? <laughs> it's like, I don't understand.
0: Because it's it. It sounds like it might not be as much of a case as what was missed as they quickly ruled it a suicide and didn't... Andy, you just don't even... Don't even do the proper investigation. You're like, oh, yeah, he killed He's hanging from this thing. He killed himself. Let's move on. And then this family's like, no, we're going to bring in independent investigators to do this because you guys didn't do it right. Yeah. And then you start seeing things like that. So this coroner that they're even describing could have been the second coroner. You know, the first coroner might have just... I mean, they're supposed to go through... I don't, I don't know. It... it it's it, it's well, crazy the, to and hit. law enforcement dropped yeah.
3: the ball on this completely anyway, and yeah. it comes up. Um so facial indentations over both cheeks, the chin, the nose also raise red flags for the Undertaker. The police told the Lacey family that the marks were caused by ants. Like he got
0: nibbled on by some ants.
3: Yeah. But but Newton disagreed saying that saying the state of Lacey's body reminded him of corpse he had embalmed where the deceased had died in a barroom fight, so
0: like, like yeah, so like,
3: bones were broken, uh, yeah, possibly a brawl, but yeah. So a few days after Lacey's burial, someone desecrated his grave, throwing flowers forty feet away beside the road and digging a hole in the corner of the plot.
0: Was this a national news story? At this, like, did this make headlines I don't think so. when it happened? I don't okay, think so. well, that sounds kind of personal, then. Yeah. I don't know that for a fact, so I don't. If this story wasn't a like in the, right now, like the Robert Fuller story, yeah, it it just happened, but it became a national news story. Yeah, I don't know if this story was a national news story because then that could be a case where just somebody who was watching the news is like, "That's bullshit." They're making our town look bad or whatever. I don't know. But if it wasn't that, and this is, then that is very suspicious that the the grave was desecrated in any kind of way because yeah. it feels personal. Yeah. Either got, way, it feels personal. yeah.
3: They got a picture of like somebody. It's like a whole, somebody like, was fucking about. Well, this
0: is also like a it. town where the KKK just like meet up willy-nilly. Yeah. So, yeah.
4: yeah.
3: So a week later, um, it was, it was reported that a local teen was arrested for defacing Lacey's final resting place. Right. But the validity of that report is in question. Law enforcement insists that they carried out a thorough, comprehensive, false investigation into Lacey's death. But forensic investigators failed to take swabs from under Lacey's fingernails mm-hmm. and DNA tests. Um, and DNA takes them to see if Lacey had been in contact with another person before he died right so I guess when they get that ruling out of suicide they don't even there is no steps or procedure yeah. to go you should take
0: open a shut case
3: yeah it's like well it's
0: the same thing that happened with um Tamala Horsford yeah, yeah, yeah they didn't do a rape kit fingernail swabs didn't test the cigarettes they're like okay well her body's down here the cigarettes are up there on the balcony she jumped off cool Open yep. the shut case, boom.
3: So an investigation had already gotten off to a poor start when the woman who found Lacey's hanging cut his body down before the investigators arrived. So this dude, well, I'll get to it. The woman told Lacey's father, Larry Walton, that the boy's face was bruised and it looked like his nose was broken. Despite pleas from the Lacey family and massive public outcry, the FBI closed the case in June of 2016 and ruled it a suicide the agency issued the following statement. After a careful and thorough review by a team of experienced federal prosecutors and FBI agents, the Justice Department found no evidence to suggest that Lacey's death was a homicide. Accordingly, the investigation into this incident has been closed. Mm -hmm. So, teenagers sometimes make dumb decisions. They act on emotion without considering the potential consequences. It's It's not that they're idiots their brains are still developing. For sure. But Michelle Brimhall, who was a grown-ass woman, and Lacey's family told her multiple times to stay away from their boy. Mm. Brimhall claims that they started telling people that they had broken up to avoid further scrutiny. But they were still together. Brimhall should have known better. Had Lacey been just a little bit younger, Brimhall could have gotten herself into deep trouble for dating an underage boy. Absolutely. Lacey's loved ones believe Brimhall knows what happened to him, Mm. which I do agree. After Lacey died, Brimhall went off the radar for about three weeks, refusing to respond to questions from family members. Mm. A rumor had been circulating around the town that Brimhall's ex-husband, Mike Brimhall, was jealous of his ex-wife's relationship with Lacey and that Brimhall was pregnant with Lacey's baby. Wow. Yep. Brimhall denied that she was a drug addict Her estranged parents confirmed that she was an addict. Yeah. But wouldn't say whether or not she was a drug user. She also denied being pregnant and stated her ex husband would not have driven from Illinois to North Carolina to kill Lacey.
0: Is that, that's just, that's it? That's it. He wouldn't do that. Yeah. That's the defense. Yeah. That he
3: wouldn't do that. Yeah. You did it. Why? Why wouldn't he? You made the drive, though. He just wouldn't. Yeah. He just wouldn't. I know him. He just wouldn't. Yeah. As I said, this is just a, sh- this is just a theory. There is absolutely nothing tying Michelle Brimhall or Mike Brimhall to Lacey's death. Right. So the following statement comes from Dr. Christina Roberts, the uh, pathologist, what is it? Pathology. Pathologist. <laughs> pathologist <laughs> hired by the NAACP to review the medical examiner reports on Lacey's cause of death. Lennon had a so Lennon had an argument with his girlfriend. After that time, he went to a mobile home located in the park where he f- was found. Uh-huh. Family has expressed concern about one male resident at the mobile home. He had a history of violence so severe that he could not live with either of his parents and was staying with the people who resided there. Right. When Heavy... I'm guessing this is the guy's name. It just says when Heavy reached out to Dr. Roberts... Okay. um, She declined to provide the name of the individual mentioned in her statement and referred um, the sites of Lacey's pastor. The people... The people that the unidentified the unidentified male was staying with was the same couple who had posted posted racist signs and Confederate flags in front of their mobile home. Wow. And um it was Dewey Sykes and Carla Hudson. That was that was the people the, that this kid was staying with. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the ignorant bigots <laughs> and the little pointy hats that make up the KKK uh-huh. are alive and well and continue to spread their ignorance and hatred across the U.S. Very much so. In 1994, students at Lacey High School claimed that the teacher was handling was, hand, was handing out KKK literature to certain students over 18. Mm. The same year, the KKK marched through Blindenburg to, prote- to protest the firing of local worker of displaying the Confederate flag.
0: They've been fighting this shit for so long. Crazy, man.
3: (laughs) So as recently as 2003, there were at least two known active Claverns. (laughs) That just sounds like...
0: Was that Claverns with a K? Yeah, Claverns. They got all their own little literature and um, levels, Grand Wizard and dragons. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, it's very uh, um, Dungeons and Dragon-y.
3: Yeah. So Dewey Sykes and Carla Hudson disappeared from Lindenborough after Lacey's death. Before the couple left, however, they said they... um, they took down the signs because there were some kids who ganged up on their kid, presumably the violent male mentioned by Doctor Roberts. But they immediately regretted the decision. Mm. That, that I mean, that was that's this same thing that happened when I don't know if you saw that video of that lady that was like, it was like it was a a rally or something with all these people having Confederate flags and uh-huh. and she was like, "I'm gonna teach my kids to hate you guys or whatever." Yeah, and, and then, then, she then got after, the backlash. Yeah. Now I'm sorry. And then she was like, "I didn't mean it. I'm sorry." I yeah, like, no, you meant it. Bullshit. You meant that you just don't like what's happening to you. Yeah, right yeah. Now. So the guy Dewey Sykes, I'll show you a picture of him later. He just like he looks like he looks like an old baby, like a old man that looks just like a baby. He got like hair it comes up. It's weird. Sure, I'll show you a picture. An old baby. Yeah. <laughs> so Hudson insists she is not racist in any way, right? And that she considered lace she considered Lacey a son. She claims she made Sykes take down the signs, which she considered to be over the top.
0: Wait, Either. these are the two people that live at the trailer park yep. who put the signs up? Who
3: put the signs up. Now, but the she, wife is saying that she told her husband to take him down because it was a little bit over the top.
0: And she's saying she considered Lacey a son? Yeah. So did he live at this trailer park? or he? Who? I mean, why would she? So she knows him. She knows Lennon Lacey.
3: She knows Lennon Lacey. And considers and him a son. Considers him a son. And I'm guessing this is a complex where, um, what's her name? Brim Hall was staying. Sure. I guess they had some type of connection. Right. Like maybe this wasn't
0: far from his house. Yeah. Got this it. was in the
3: same area, but I'm sure they, probably, they I, probably didn't speak at all.
0: I don't see how you consider somebody your son and you can hang up uh, no nigger son. Yeah.
3: After after this happens, you go, you should take the it downs a bit over the
0: top. Yeah. Um, well, I have a similar situation that happened. Um, I was at work and this guy who was at work with me put up on Facebook like, man, the people are pissing me off so bad. Uh, you know, I'm about to go get my gun. Mm-hmm. And they, sh- everybody, and these people start going on Facebook and like, what the fuck is this? And everybody started freaking out. And he left at lunchtime. So this is at work, right? At your job? I remember mm-hmm. you told me this. And he yeah. deleted everything off his Facebook page. Yeah. Because he had mad shit on there. Was, that was crazy. Was yeah. For guns. And if you take my guns and all that. So it looks incriminating. Yeah. So when you get something crazy happens, a dude hanging outside of your trailer park company, is like, oh shit, well, we should take these signs down yeah. because it makes us look incriminating as opposed to, oh, this isn't tasteful. We've realized the error of our way. Those are two different things. Yeah. Taking something down so you don't get more eyes on you as those people and having contrition and being like, oh, what the fuck were we doing putting these signs up? That was stupid and and we, aren't, we don't think like that anymore. That's not what happened. A crime happened and as to not be looked at as suspects they tried to take the signs now but they also got the fuck out of dodge it sounds like pretty quickly yeah but i think it's pretty tasteless to say like oh i considered him a son where's the proof
3: yeah yeah i um, need to
0: see some pictures of them on it's
3: 2014 you, you,
0: did y'all hang out like where's the photos
3: yeah um which i don't i don't think they spoke they, they spoke at all um but now that he's getting his blacklash, you black glass, saying that oh Yo, you should take these down like you said, it makes him look incriminating. Um, so neither Sykes and Hudson nor Hudson was questioned by the police. So unfortunately, it is now too late to interview S- S- um, Sykes. He passed away on November twelfth, twenty nineteen, 2019, mm. which is recent. Mm-hmm. So a petition reopened the Lacy a re, a petition to reopen the Lennon Lacy case has been making the rounds um, since twenty sixteen. Though unfortunately, it has less than eight hundred signatures on, char- on change.org. The petition poses some additional. Um, interesting questions that's, that that uh, signatures want answered for. Why was Blayton County Coroner Hubert Kinlaw banned by investigators from um, taking pictures at the scene, and threatened with having his camera confiscated if he choose to if he choose to do so anyway? Wow, which I've never heard of something like that.
0: Wait, so he worked for the medical examiner's office, or was this a you said? Did you just was he just like a he dude? worked for
3: the he worked for the Bladen County Coroner. He's a Blaine oh, County corner.
0: Okay, yeah, no, that's crazy. Yeah, then yeah, I thought yeah. you just—I wasn't sure. I thought you said that, but I wasn't sure. if Maybe I missed it, and this was just like some dude. Yeah, no, he has a—he has a reason to be there.
3: Yeah. Um. So why was no DNA collected from items found on linen but not belonging to him? Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, yeah. If he has shoes like, that he can't weird. fit, yeah. Why wouldn't you test those? And the shoes are like I said, Air Force ones with no strings in them, which makes sense of how he. Maybe they stuffed them on his feet because yeah. they didn't have strings on You just pull the tongue out. You get some
0: kind of space to stuff your yeah, yeah, shoe yeah. on yep. the end, yeah.
3: So why didn't the local police search Lacey's room, look at his cell phone, or inquire about the clothes he was wearing in the four days between discovery of his body and the conclusion that he had committed suicide? Carla Hudson was cutting the grass when she supposedly discovered Lacey's body. How do you... <laughs> I just don't see somebody going outside... And then doing two, two lanes of grass and then going, wait.
0: Something hanging over you're there.
3: You're seeing a body, mm. a teenage kid hanging from a swing set. Yeah. So she says she Probably discovered. How that's not
0: immediately noticeable before you start your routine that you meant to do. Yeah. But so I'm she, not, you know, I
3: don't, I don't yeah.
0: You know. Yeah. That part is, there's way other more crazy things yeah, 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 than yeah, that yeah. part. But that part is also a little strange. Yeah.
3: Um. So she says she's discovered a body while she's cutting the grass. Mm. Um, and cut. Him down from the swing set. I don't know why you would
0: do
1: that. If right.
3: she really cut him down, why weren't any secondary cuts found on the noose? How did a small framed older woman cut down a lifeless body of a of a five nine teenage boy weighing two hundred and nine pounds? Why did she tell the nine one one dispatch? And they said
0: it was so high that he probably would have needed a chair yes. to get himself up there, right? Yes. So she went, got a chair and a knife, and cut this kid down after she called the or like after she called the police she went and did this extra thing. Yes. And I would assume also it's pretty clear that he's not alive anymore. Yes. And even though people, I'm not saying everybody watches CSI, mm-hmm. I would imagine mo- the average person is smart enough to go, well, this is a crime scene, and I don't want to f- get fingerprints anywhere yeah. as to incriminate myself, so I'm not going to touch anything. Yeah, But we get these moments where these people are like, no, 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 I just wanted to take them down. I didn't want the kids to see. That's a possibility, I guess. But- I don't. It, I wouldn't have touched uh, an active crime scene with a body hanging from a swing set.
3: Yeah, this wasn't a. Uh, and he wasn't a small kid. And this is an old lady. Old, maybe like her seventies. Oh
0: yeah. Oh. oh okay. Um, wow. Uh, so
3: why why did she tell the 911 dispatcher it was a suicide if she didn't actually see what happened? Right. That's just like with the Hamilton horse case. case did investigators look into the undertaker's assessment that Lennon had been beaten the night before his death. So when Lacey's mother identified her son's body, she smelled the distinct odor of bleach on him. Wow. Carla Hudson was seen on the video purchasing large quantities of bleach at a convenience store at around 1 a.m. on August 28th, 2014.
0: Wait, is Carla Hudson the old lady that cut him down? Yep.
3: Wow. Several witnesses and social media posting Indicated that Lennon had been at the home of this woman late in the evening before his death. So a source told Daily Daily Cause in December twenty fourteen that she confronted Hudson, and that at first she made statements like, "We don't want you. <laughs> How uh, these racist white people talk. So we don't, we don't. We don't. We don't. We don't like much black people around here. Prefer to stick with our white kind." But
0: he was at her house.
3: She was at her house. That's what I'm saying. I'm so
0: guessing shame. I'm guessing maybe, maybe guess- he was the exception. But I'm I'm trying to maybe it's 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 I could see a world of a possibility where this kid's so good at football. This is the thing that people do on Friday nights. So it's like we like Lennon Lacey. Yeah. You know, so this woman who her she told her husband to take down the no nigger signs, and this other lady who's saying I don't really we don't really like black people. We like to stick to our con. But it's like, oh, but that's Lennon though. Mm-hmm. I could see a world where that's a possibility, right? Yeah. And in that world, I could see somebody who was in their seventies going out of their way or working extra hard to go. Oh my God, that's linen hanging up there. Yeah, let me get him down. Yeah, but it just doesn't track, man. I don't know. It just that's a. I'm giving a lot of uh, leeway to these people who don't really deserve leeway to me because they weren't even properly investigated. I'm going. Well, I mean, she could have. He could have been like a a son to her, if they loved him for his football talents and thought he was a nice guy, he was one of the good ones. Yeah. If They all thought he was one of everybody in this trailer park thought Lennon Lacey was one of the good ones. Then maybe it's like, well, no niggers, but like Lennon can come here. Yeah. If, but that's me giving a lot of cr- like benefit of the doubt to these people.
3: Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, uh, she said, you know, they stick to their, their white, their white kind.
0: hmm. Yeah. Sounds like a, it sounds like a racist. A racist, and a so it's strange that this person is yeah. at their house. And...
3: And, that's how the, and that's how the Confederates talked, didn't they?
0: I don't know. Well, I don't know. Don't I mean, damn were, northerners. Yeah, whatever. However, they were talking, <laughs> they lost.
3: So later, however, after much prompting, Hudson, who purchased the bleach, started crying and admitted that things had gone too far, and she didn't mean for what happened to happen.
0: She said this out of her mouth.
3: She said it out of his mouth, but. Why was Hudson never interviewed by the police about her purchase? So who should say this to the news? This was an interview. Oh, wow. Lennon Lacey's best friend did not attend Lacey's funeral and never visited the Lacey's to convey his condolences. He has never posted condolence condolence, uh, messages on Facebook and he has never attended any of the community meetings about Lennon's death. That alone says a lot. Yeah. The same friend made a statement to the police that Lacey told him that he planned on committing suicide and laid out the plan in graphic detail. Why did this so-called friend not inform Lacey's family beforehand right. that Lacey planned on taking his own life? And why was he with Lacey the night before his death? What caused the fight? So the, this individual also lived in the house where Lacey was last seen alive and was seen fighting with Lacey um, in the hours leading up to Lacey's death. This house. Being so I'm this guessing this guy house? was. I'm guessing this guy was white. I'm guessing his best friend was a white kid.
0: Maybe the maybe the grandson of this lady. Yeah, or something. something. Yeah,
3: because they his there's. Yeah, they that, didn't come. That's, up, that's weird. They that didn't identify weird. this guy. Yeah,
0: so he I, was at the same house. So, but they're all saying the last place this kid was seen alive was, was the, at this old lady's house. Yep. What's her name again?
3: Uh, Miss Hudson.
0: So Miss Hudson, the the last place he was seen alive was at Miss Hudson's house, and now they're saying he was in a fight. At Miss Hudson's house with With, this other guy being there, there's no way this is another black guy. This, yeah, yeah, (laughs) I would, I would, I would have to say, just if I'm trying to make some make sense of this, this is a white kid who maybe also was on the same football football team as him, or just childhood friends or something like that, which also would make sense for what I'm saying is maybe he was tokenized, maybe he had leeway to be within this park. But then when push comes, to sur- push comes to shove, if it's a black dude fighting a white dude, people take sides or yeah. whatever. I don't know, but that's strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that definitely is a white dude who was his best friend. And yeah. then after this night, he just completely disassociates from the whole case and the family yeah. and anything like that. Yeah. Wow, okay.
3: So after Lacey's grave, desec- grave was desecrated, the police told the Lacey's that they had arrested the vandal. But when the Lacey's asked for a name they were told not to worry about it because it was all under control. Right. This led to rumors that no one had been arrested and the county jail said that no one had been admitted for the crime. Who desecrated the grave? And why And why is there no arrest arrest record for this person? Right. So Brimhall stated, has stated numerous occasions that she was warned about seeing Lacey. The same man who warned her was the boyfriend of the woman who bought the bleach and the stepfather of Lacey's best friend. Carla Hudson.
0: So they were hanging out at their house. Yep.
3: They all lived together in a trailer behind Lacey's home.
0: Okay. Now So Lacey basically lives in this trailer park. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got it, got it, got it.
3: Now here's where the potential cover up comes into play. One of the lead investigators on the morning of Lacey's death is the cousin of Dewey Sykes. Dewey Sykes is the guy who had the sign. Oh god, He's the he's the husband to the Ms. Oh, Hudson. Right. Or whatever.
0: Uh. Well, you know, that's that's two different people. No, that's that's two different couples, right? What? Who's Wait, this? so Mrs. Hudson is the lady who had they? Mrs. They Hudson has the no nigger sign and all De- this. Do we
3: She told him to take the signs. Oh, out.
0: okay. I thought, thought Miss Hudson was a separate person. And she's Sykes. Just been
3: she's been coming up because she bought the bleach and she came out and, I, and apologized.
0: So she's the one who said he was like a son to her? Yes, got it. Okay, yeah. I missed that part. But okay, he was the
3: but it. he was the one that had the signs out. She told him to take the signs down because it was too over the top.
0: Okay. Wow. So okay. So just in case anybody confused that, just like me, we were talking about people that moved away and said that. They were like a son to him yeah. and all this kind of stuff. We were talking about Mrs. Hudson and Dewey Sykes. Yeah. And Dewey Sykes and Miss Hudson, their stepson or whatever, mm-hmm. is uh, late uh, Lennon's best friend. Yeah. So all of this took place at this house that had the no nigger sign yeah. in front of it. Yep. And then they took that down once all this shit started happening. Mm-hmm. So they had a no nigger sign at their house, but this kid would was still, still coming to it. their house.
3: Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay, yeah, so Yeah, Once one of the investigators on the morning of Lacey's death Is the cousin of Dewey Sykes Right Who told Brimhall to stop seeing Lacey Why then was Sykes never questioned? Why was the home of Sykes and Hudson never searched? Why was the trailer moved? And where is it now? So they packed up and got out of there Wow And he had somebody on the inside on their side Right
0: Okay, so wait, because again, it just, I think that the way that it that it's broken up. So mm. when you are talking about there's a kid that these people took in that was violent and all this kind of stuff, that's Lennon's best friend. Yep. Okay, cool. But uh, he, the reason why it's confusing question because him they, and,
3: yeah, the reason why it's confusing because they never identified, it made it seem like it was two different people, but but they never identified it. So they you can't, it's one person. So right. they always they went from it was a kid that Who's violent who was that violent who was violent and lived with them, and then it was Lacey's best friend. Got it, yeah. got it, got it, got it. Um so again, th- this uh Sykes and H- Hudson, they was never searched, the trailer was never searched, right. and the trailer was they packed up and moved that trailer out of Right. There. I always give my theories, this is from the author. Right. I always give my theories about the cases I cover. This time it's simple. I think Lacey was indeed killed because he was a black man dating a white woman. I think law enforcement was desperate to avoid a scandal. Absolutely. Bigger than the one they created with their um with their own empathy and aptitude ineptitude. And that the man who warned Brimhall against dating La- dating Lacey, the violent man, was living with the Sykes and Hudson and was trying to cover up Sykes and Hudson's crime. So, I mean, it's all kinds of shit going on. Um, It's kind of hard to identify all these different people because you got the couple has two different last names. You got this one kid. They're not even identifying yet. You got you got uh, Miss Brimhall who came from Illinois Downs. Like, how is she related to them? And it's like. Right because well, like, they're white
0: yeah <laughs> that's that's their <laughs> yeah. through line of each other it's like yeah.
3: hey you're embarrassing the white
0: congregation in yeah. this town by dating this little uh, monkey boy across the street so stop doing that because yeah, you're yeah. making white people look bad
3: yeah. and then and then linden Lacey is just caught up in the middle of this because he's he's messing around with miss yeah. so how how anyone can call lacy's death a suicide and keep a straight face in the light of all the evidence? um to the uh to the contrary is nauseating is what she said right so a few people fam- pe- a few people familiar with Lyndon Lacey case are satisfied that his death was the result of a suicide
0: yeah i'm not surprised by that at yeah, all who, uh, who, who, this is imagine being in the family i feel i don't feel satisfied with this being called a a suicide and i don't know this guy so yeah. imagine being in his family and and you know thinking this kid was going to go play football at LSU or something like that and now he's not alive anymore and there's all these holes in the story and all these you know inconsistencies and all these things yeah. like that you know
3: so um they did do it said in 20 of uh, this year I didn't look it up but I am gonna look at up now PBS aired a documentary about Lacey and the so-called investigation into his death titled always in season mm-hmm. um the film also examines the nation's deplorable history of lynching and it just and she also talks about she goes in deeper with the KKK and how it's still a thing now. Yeah. Um, you know, this case wasn't that long ago. It was four years ago. Um, but it still is going on now. And then she also said that the federal government wanted to cover up the potential modern day lynching. It's more than a little suspicious that the FBI swooped in and wrapped up the investigation before the NAACP could look into the matter. Whatever the case may be, I hope that Lacey's family finds answers and some measures of peace. And I think, um, with the petition, they tried to reopen the case, mm-hmm. but this is just like I can't remember his name, the guy that the guy that had dreads the story I did. I can't remember. I can't. Name his name is Oh Kendrick memory. Johnson. Kendrick Johnson. Yeah. they they're they not even gonna reopen it's like, this no, case. It's this is yeah, it's closed. closed. It's like they did it so fast. Like yeah, suicide. Close it up. Yeah. And then well, nobody I mean, that's else. That's what happens can even when you got
0: in. a black person hanging from something in public. I mean, it's the same thing happened with Robert Fuller. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know Robert Fuller. You know. I don't know his mental state. Yeah. But I can absolutely understand a, po- a local police department in times like this. You know, 2014 is a different story. But, I yeah. mean, it, it, you know, when you're in a town where the KKK is still active and yeah. doing marches and stuff, it could be the same kind of energy of, like, we don't want to be the town that has the KKK here and there's a black dude hanging publicly. Let's just he, – he committed suicide. Make yeah. it – make all the uh, adjustments and say all the stuff that we need to say to get this case closed as quickly as possible.
3: Yeah. So, but um – um Obviously, the Lynn This the case of Lennon Lacey didn't get the spotlight it deserves for sure. and should still get because they didn't. The they didn't even get enough signatures. I'm. Is it? Is that how it works? You have to.
0: I don't. I don't really. I don't know, man. That whole petition shit. I've yeah. seen petitions for so many things where people are like, "Uh, people didn't like uh, you know, Chris Evans being Captain America. So if you get this petition signed." It's a petition to change who the actor for Captain America yeah. is. Like, I don't know if petitions get stuff like that done. Yeah, but petitions do spread awareness. Yeah, I so get that. That I get. I don't know if uh, if you get enough petition signatures that it's like, oh, now now they're gonna have to do it. Now it's just to spread awareness. I don't know the end result of a petition being actual action having to be taken. I yeah. don't think that's the case. But it sounds like you know the awareness of this case wasn't really spread around much. I would beg to differ though on those numbers because i would bet that in a time like right now that case has been brought back up and those signatures have probably gone up yeah same thing with the tamla horseford case the kendrick johnson case i would i would imagine this got the same treatment but the case is closed this isn't an unsolved case yeah so i'm sure they're just like well no the case is gonna stay closed
3: yeah it's closed um still a cold case to me
0: Sure. Yeah. No. No. For sure. I, because you don't believe he was yeah, murdered. I yeah, mean, you don't believe he, he was suicide. committed suicide. Yeah. Because yes. he
3: was murdered. Yes. Um.
0: So I that would like, make it still a cold case. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like. But in the eyes of the law, enough, the case is closed. Yeah.
3: But I feel like the evidence. I'm sorry. The evidence was there. I think it just the law enforcement dropped the ball on that. Didn't really care. Yeah. You had a guy that was related to a racist mm. who helped push this thing forward and like, no, this is closed, and then we're gonna move on. It's Absolutely. Just, I don't know. I don't think I don't think the whole boyfriend thing had anything to do with it. Brim Hall's husband. I just that yeah. one him, I get it him being driving a theory, but him, I just don't yeah. I don't I don't believe it. But um yeah, man, that's 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 unfortunate. This guy That's had, too cliche of a
0: theory. Yeah. That she was pregnant and then yeah. he comes down out of jealousy and not just kills him, hangs him. Yeah. In public. You know. I think it tracks more that a racial group was involved yeah. or that's a
3: statement when you that when you when it's a hanging a public hanging like that yeah exactly
0: it'd be yeah. one thing if they just found him dead in the woods or he got shot somewhere then i would be more inclined to go oh yeah it's possible she was pregnant and he found out in a jealous rage or whatever yeah but the hanging thing if he wasn't if he didn't commit suicide which i don't believe that he did based on what i was told here today If he wasn't, if he didn't commit suicide, that killing was racially motivated. It wasn't a fight or just, you know, uh, an angry moment or a jealousy thing. It was like, oh, we're going to kill you and we're going to show you what you are. We're going to lynch you like you, like the nigger that you are. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of the. I don't see much gray area in that. There's a lot of gray area, but it's it's like for me, he either committed suicide and that's a tragedy or somebody killed him, and that's absolutely racially mo- This was a hate crime, because they hung him from a fucking swing set in up trailer park that has racist signs hanging out.
3: Yeah. So- And KKK members and shit like that around. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So dark, that was the- Dark story, man. Rest in peace, case, Lynn and Lacey, The cold case of Lynn and Lacey. Yeah. Who's a young kid who had a lot going for him, man. It was just- A lot just, of potential, man. Yeah. Um, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, man.
0: Very sad. Rest in peace, Lennon Lacey, and prayers and condolences to his family. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it's my turn to tell you guys got some fucked up shit, so stick around. All right, and we are back. Fran, my affirmative murder this week is um, a story that inspired a really powerful movie that I saw when I was a kid called Mississippi Burning. It is a, um, a tragic story of a couple of you know people that spent their lives in their young age getting into a lot of good trouble, mm-hmm. fighting the good fight for civil rights, trying to make a change, and uh, it it ended very sadly for them. So this is the story of uh, the Mississippi Burning Murders. <clears throat> My source was PBS.com. Uh, On June 21st, 1964, three young men disappeared near the town of Philadelphia, Mississippi. See, that's how they trick you, friend. They try to name it after, like, progressive cities down there, and you're like, oh, well, Philadelphia, Mississippi, might be like Philadelphia... Pennsylvania. No, no, no. It's just the same. All this is trickery. It's trickery. You're not going to, not going to get me. Uh, the three men were Mickey Schwirm, Mickey Schwerner and, and James Cheney were two of the three who worked for the Congress, the Congress of racial equality, also known as core. That name's going to come up a lot. So just remember, that's what the acronym stands for. The Congress of racial equality. Now, uh, Mickey was white and James Cheney was black. Okay. Um, And they worked for CORE. Andrew Goodman, who also was white, uh, he was one of the hundreds of college students from across the country who volunteered to work for the registration, education, and civil rights as a part of the 1964 Mississippi Summer Project. Mm -hmm. So these were kids with boots on the ground, active, trying to make a difference. You see a lot of that happening right now. You know, so the parallels right now although people like to say we've we've made such progress and they were fighting a much harder fight back then, mm-hmm. these kids believe they're trying to make a difference in the same way. So I don't diminish or downplay or, you know, talk shit about any kids who are 18 to 24 out there fighting, making a difference, protesting. I mean, they, they believe there's something wrong and that change is necessary and they're putting their bodies on the line. Yeah. I, I think that... That is what America is all about. Yeah. If you don't like something, voice your opinion, make put it on a ballot, and vote for it. Mm-hmm. You know. So I'm always on the side of kids trying to get shit done. Uh. But yeah. So those are the three guys we got: Mickey, James, and uh, and Andrew. Mm-hmm. Right. So the three men believed their work was necessary, but also dangerous. Ku Klux Klan membership in Mississippi was soaring in 1964 mm. with membership reaching more than 10,000 members in Mississippi, Damn, just in Mississippi. So they got enough. And I don't, Mississippi is not a huge state, so they have enough. According to this story, they have, they, at any point they could <laughs> rally 10,000 people who hate black people in kind of the epicenter of Mississippi, uh, Alabama. Yeah. These States were, where all of the you know the Selma walks and all these things were happening, so or the, the the um a lot of the the bus the um like the freedom rides and all that kind of stuff was happening in these states. Yeah. So you got a state in Mississippi where ten thousand they're ten thousand clan members strong. So any whiff of oh I hear about I heard they're trying to do some kind of protest, man. Well, we're showing up. Yeah. Torches in hand, guns out, ready to go. That's a pretty terrifying image, you know.
3: Is it less people now? Is it like less members now?
0: See, that's hard for me to answer, man, because it's the same. Sometimes Donald Trump will say some shit that sends shivers down my spine, right? So he was doing a little crazy uh, press conference in the Rose Garden, and he was saying how, I think it's a lot more, or he, not I think, I know he's like, it's a lot more people that's going to vote for me than y'all think. Mm. They just might not say it publicly because they don't want to get it's backlash yeah. and you know all that kind of stuff, but it's a lot of people who feel that way who aren't gonna say it publicly for that fear. Yeah. So I don't know how many Ku Klux yeah. Klan members it, it might not be so popular to be a Ku Klux Klan. It should never be. Yeah. But it might be even less popular to be one, but people feel I'm even public. more inclined to be one because of the climate. Yeah. You know, people feel this racial instability and people talking about civil wars, which I think is incredibly stupid. But when you talk about a bunch of black people who don't have any experience around white people and a bunch of white people who don't have any experience to, around black people. You're talking about the 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 uh, the outliers of how I feel the general public of the country is. Mm-hmm. I feel like the general public of the country is like me and you. We, we have we want we run in eclectic circles. We know yeah. people from all kind of backgrounds. But the people who are like, oh, I only know black and yeah. I only know white. They're having talks of civil war. So it feels more real than it than it is. Yeah. But then those same people are like, well, then we all need to rally together. And stick to our own kind and get guns and all that kind of stuff. So when I say that the popularity of the Ku Klux Klan could be in the toilet, but the feeling within these white people from these communities to be in the Ku Klux Klan could be through the roof. Yeah, That creates a situation where I'm in the Ku Klux Klan, but I only wear my hood to the rally. I don't do, I'm don't. i not just out with the Ku Klux Klan cross on the back of my truck, yeah. but I am in the Klan, but I'm not so loud about it. So I don't know.
3: With the yeah, this it could be a shitload shit. of members, but it's just not it's not a thing. Keeping that, it low, yeah, they Keeping come out and be in public with it, Keeping like it low. in the what, '60s or something? yeah, this is
0: 1964. Yeah. And they're ten thousand strong in Mississippi. Mm. So I mean, again, I don't know, which is terrifying to me, but no. that's the true power that they have is the, the fear.
4: Yeah.
0: So I, you know, you like to think I could fight that fear, but I mean that's something that could keep you up at night when you go, man. I mean, I just had a conversation with this white dude I never met before. You know, you know, he had to make America. Great Again sticker on his truck, but I try not to judge people based on their politics, but shit, I don't know. Maryland definitely has chapters of the Ku Klux Klan here. Daryl Davis will tell you that. If you watch his TED Talk, I highly recommend the Daryl Davis TED Talk. He's this guy's black dude. He kind of looks like Uncle Ruckus, but he's not. Mm. He's a very nice, Mm -hmm. for his people dude, and what he does is he talks to Klan members, and he gets them to recognize, like, oh, well, I say I hate black people, but I'm sitting across from this black dude. He likes the same kind of music I like. He's a nice guy, and he's gotten over 200 people to not only quit the KKK, but give them his robe. Wow. Like, he's gotten them to hang up the robe. Really? And denounce the KKK, right? That so, we are
3: like, we are similar. It's just we have a different skin tone.
0: Exactly. But again, my whole point of like, well, I've only been around white people and we all, they all told me black people are the reason I don't have a job and all this kind of stuff. And Daryl Davis disproves that to them yeah. and shows them friendship and That's kindness crazy. and converts their mind state. Now, Daryl Davis, yeah, he's still alive, man. He's in terrible health. I think he Um, needs to really get his life together because he's when he does podcasts, he's like very much. (sighs) You can hear that he needs to get his health together. Yeah, you know. But my point is, Daryl Davis is from Maryland. Mm. He lives in Maryland. Yeah. So he's talking. The people he's talking about, my neighbor and this bar I went to was a KKK bar. He's talking about Maryland. Mm. So yeah, no, there's still chapters alive. I just don't know how the strong how strong they are, yeah. which is enough to keep me up at night. Where I go, I don't know if I want to go to like the outskirts of Maryland. I'm not mm-hmm. sure I want to go to the mountainy parts of Maryland because I don't know where who I'll run into. Yeah. You go to a gas station and your car or your car breaks down in the wrong part of Maryland, you don't know who could come and pull up on you. Yeah. So that's the kind of fear that they have still instilled in people. It's like the invisible, it's like a boogeyman type shit. Yeah. Even just the KKK, just the Ku Klux Klan, you hear that and it makes you go like, oh shit, like, you know, that that's, they're evil. Yeah. That's evil. But anyway, yeah, so like I said, they were 10,000 strong. The Klan was prepared to use violence to fight the civil rights movement. On April 24th of 1964, the group offered a demonstration of its power, staging 61 simultaneous cross burnings throughout the state in one night. That's a lot. Oh yeah, no, like. And and also, they all happen at the same time. It, it was a coordinated effort. Like, okay, 8 o'clock tonight, all up. across the, the the state. That's crazy. So everybody's got the same. Oh, my God, girl, 8 o'clock last night, it was a crossbar. Oh, my God, I heard about the same thing, two towns over. And mm-hmm. so that's where you, it's like they're everywhere. You know, they use these tactics to really make you feel like you're surrounded and there's no escape and all these kind of things.
3: Why do you use crosses? I don't understand. It.
0: Well, I don't fucking know, man. Why do they do a lot of things that they do? Mm. I, I don't know. And Why I, do you wear
3: cones? I don't understand the outfit. <laughs> you're like an idiot. Yeah, I mean, if you
0: want to go, you know, take a KKK history class or something like that and learn no, about I it. I don't know. I just, I just, I just, uh, you know, chalk it up all up to like, oh, you're stupid. That's, yeah. that's just, I don't know. Even if I heard the reasoning behind it, I would be like, yeah. oh, that's stupid reasoning. Yeah. You know, but like it's not a cross, it's a T. Yeah. And you're like, okay. What's the T stand for? Terrorize black people oh okay well so stupid yeah. all right cool well you know whatever
3: so you got those hats from the conehead movie yeah we really love yeah
0: <laughs> yeah we just <laughs> we really love the comedy stylings of uh <laughs> fucking <laughs> the dude from the blues brothers uh anyway uh <laughs> over the course of the summer of 1964 members of the clan burned 20 black mississippi churches mm. on june 16th Clan members targeted Neshoba County's Mount Zion Baptist Church, where Schwerner had spent time working. Before burning the church, the Klan severely beat several people who had been attending the meeting there. Schwerner, however, was not there that day. He had gone to Oxford, Ohio to train a group of Freedom Summer volunteers. Upon returning to Mississippi, Schwerner, Goodman, and Chaney visited the charred remains of Mount Zion on the drive back to Meridian Mississippi their station wagon known to law enforcement as a core vehicle was stopped and police were arrest- and police arrested all three so they have been their their group and their cause has been targeted by the local police yeah. to where they know like oh that's that's a car that they that group drives yeah. and they were pulled over for speeding and arrested right so uh, for speeding but uh, but that's like First of all, that's a ticketable offense and you shouldn't arrest everybody in the car because only one person was driving. Yeah. Which I'll get to. Uh Cheney, who had been driving, was charged with speeding. While Schwerner and Goodman were held for investigation. So they're like, oh, you guys, you guys are you guys probably did something. Why are you speeding? You know, they can just make up a reason, man. Uh Neshoba County Sheriff's Deputy Cecil Price escorted them to Philadelphia jail around four PM. Despite the fact that the level of fines for speeding was posted on the wall at the jail, Price said the three men would have to wait to remain in jail until the justice of the peace arrived to process the fines. So they're like, we can't accept your money. You have to wait for the justice of the peace. And he'll be like, but it says right there, you know, go 10 miles over. It's $10. Oh, well, that's not my job to process that. So you have to wait for the proper person. Which and is ask. only to keep them there yeah. until they figure out what they want to do. Make their phone calls. Hey man, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, Bubba, we got, we got, we got a couple of those. You know, two a nigger and two nigger lovers are here. Yeah, you know, call the boys and I'll, I'll, we'll, I'll give them to you. Yeah, you know, so you know, this guy Price went off and did something to that effect, right? Um, so they they remained in custody until they you know waited for the peace officer to arrive. Schwerner asked to make a phone call. But Price denied the request and left the jail. And we know where he went, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he's yeah, we got some of them boys down at the, you know. Uh, in Meridian, core staff began calling nearby jails and police stations inquiring about the three men. This was their standard procedure when organizers failed to return on time. And I'm going to get into why this became a procedure because there's a case that was discovered within the searching for these men. Because mm. they go missing. yeah, And they they uncover just bodies. Wow. Right. That of missing people because people would just turn up missing black people, black people, would just turn up black people, white people who were fighting for the, you know, okay, civil gotcha. liberties and, yeah. and liberation of black people fighting for these cars. They would just turn up. Disappear. They would turn up missing whether they were part of this freedom movement or, you know, other civil rights causes. These people would just disappear mm-hmm. and not be found.
4: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> yeah. So uh, Minnie Herring, the jailer's wife. Claimed there was no phone call on June 21st, but core records show a, a call to the Philadelphia jail around 530. So there's some lying going on, right? Uh, Price returned a little later after 10 p.m., collected Cheney's speeding fine with no justice of the peace. So that was all bullshit. Mm-hmm. He just he he said, you ha- hey, he basically did the no, no, wait here. I'll be right back. Yeah. Went off somewhere for five hours, came back, took the money and said, all right, get out of here. Go back to Meridian. Yeah. Basically, get out of Philadelphia. It's the middle of the night. Get in your car and go drive down the back roads to Mississippi. Set up. 100%.
4: Yeah.
0: Right. So, you know, once he took their money and let them go, they were never seen alive again. Mm. In 1964, Mississippi was the only state without a central FBI office. But on June 22nd, agents from the New Orleans office arrived and be- to begin a kidnapping investigation. New
3: in Orleans, huh?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here we go. More agents will come to Mississippi over the next several days, ultimately totaling more than 200. Mm. On June 23rd, investigators found the core station wagon still smoldering from an attempt to destroy evidence. Wow.
3: So it was burned. Mm -hmm. Mm.
0: Now the focus shifted from rescue to recovery of the men's bodies. Yeah. And I have a clip here from from uh, from Mickey Schwerner's wife. Which is very powerful because um, I mentioned something about the bodies that were being found. And I said black and white, but the two, there's two specific bodies that get found. There were two black dudes and it didn't make, you know, national news and the FBI didn't show up. Mm-hmm. But this case, there's two white dudes involved. Mm-hmm. Now, they yeah. were fighting for justice. Still. It's, not, it's, not a, it's, not a, it's not an insult on them to say the national media cares more about them than they do about James Cheney. Right, yeah. but the but the facts are the facts, and uh, Mickey Schwerner's wife speaks on that. So this is a about a three minute clip. I'm gonna let the whole thing play because the whole thing's pretty powerful.
2: Late this afternoon, the search for a Goodman, and Schwerner shifted to the Pearl River near Philadelphia, Mississippi. Boats carrying game wardens and FBI agents are now dragging the river. Have you seen the uh, spot down here, sir? That's right. What do you think of this? I believe him joke was planned and sitting off up in New York laughing us, missy folks. Can you tell me what you think of this whole thing? Well, I believe it's a big publicity hoax, but if they're
5: dead, I feel
1: like they asked for it. Wow. It was always on our minds. And we were constantly aware that They had not been found. There was a pall over the whole project because of that.
2: In Meridian, the wife of missing Mickey Schwerner, Rita Schwerner, flew from Oxford.
3: Rita Schwerner plays an important role here. This is her husband, after all, who's the leader of the Three Missing Men. And she puts a face on them. And she plays an enormous role in making this seem like these are real people and we need to pay attention to these real people whom something terrible has happened to
1: are being held somewhere, or something happened, and uh, I am going to find the answer. If this means driving every back road, every dirt road, every alley in the county of Neshoba, I will do it. The press swarmed all over her, and I think they wanted her to cry, and they wanted her to be a new widow. They would catch her at the moment of her widowhood, and she wouldn't play.
2: I personally suspect that if Mrs. Mr. Cheney, who is a native Mississippian Negro, had been alone at the time of the disappearance, that this case, like so many others who have, that have come before, would have gone completely unnoticed.
1: I did have some sense that if this the is Rita story speaking. Would, was allowed to deteriorate into, oh, this poor little white girl that um, it would um, it would be offensive to everyone concerned.
0: So that was Rita Schwerner's own words and I thought they were so powerful for her to recognize even with her husband missing in this very unusual case in this fucking racist-ass town, she goes... I can't let this be about me. Yeah. These people are gone. They're missing. And I need to not only bring justice to my husband, but shed light on the fact that if my husband and this this guy, Andrew, weren't involved in this, this case would have gotten no recognition. Yeah. It just would have been another case of a lynching that happened in America yeah. and nobody would be paying attention on, about it. So it doesn't matter about Rita Schwerner. It doesn't matter about me being here and you guys want me to cry or whatever. No, no, no. Pay attention to this. This is racist. Here's some other stories that have happened. And I want to bring light to that while we look for the, my husband and these other two gentlemen.
3: So all of them were
0: killed. They all, yeah, they all, they all disappeared together. Yeah. So
3: that lady goes, oh, they must have deserved it. Talk about all of them. Yeah, or you know, just
0: the, well, What would happen was they didn't believe. Basically, they were dredging the waters and yeah. looking through the woods and locals were like, we think it's a prank. We don't think anybody is dead. Yeah. So there's a guy that goes, "Oh, I think those jokers up in New York are probably laughing at us it. because New York is the, the the big demon in the south of oh those liberals coming down here to you know mm-hmm. uh, condemn our way of life and change things and so they that guy was saying they're pulling a prank trying to make us look bad saying there's some dead black people. In the woods or whatever. And then another lady says, I don't believe it either, but if they did die, they probably deserved it. They were probably doing their troublemakers or doing something they shouldn't have been doing. And that's just flat that's out crazy. how they felt. Yeah. They said that into a camera. They didn't catch them off guard. They said that candidly to a camera. Yeah. So you know, they probably deserve to die. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. Yeah, yeah, super fucked up. So anyway, back to the story. Throughout July, investigators combed the woods, fields, swamps, and rivers of the of Mississippi, ultimately finding the remains of eight African American men. 8 8 two were identified as Henry D and Charles Moore right now I really encourage people to go look this story up because this is a this is a story very similar to this case like these were these were guys that they got accused of uh trying to bring guns to the black people of Mississippi from Chicago mm. and there's no proof of this thing but but the local KKK and other people who believed the blacks were trying to rise up yeah thought these guys were gun runners, right? Mm, yeah. So uh, Henry D. and Charles Moore were just two college students who got kidnapped, beaten, and murdered in May of 1964. Mm. And then they didn't—they got found by accident. Wow. They got found while they were looking for uh, Mickey and Andrew and, 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 and James, right? And what year was this, I'm sorry? This was 1964. But No, the year of the story. The year of the story? 1964. Wait. You're talking about the two guys I'm describing right now? Yeah. They disappeared in may of 1964 it's now july of 1964 oh
3: same year yeah it's the
0: same Uh, year but nobody was looking for it's not like they they oh we solved the case like oh we were looking for these guys and we found these two bodies like in the woods yeah and they were able to identify them as uh henry d and uh charles moore again i i highly recommend people go look into that because that's its own case of its own
3: okay but did those names come up did they go? Oh, we know who these we know who these people are. No, had-
0: that took time. I mean, they ultimately identified them, and then they go, "Oh, these are the two guys that went missing back in May."
3: Okay, that's what I was asking. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, they they eventually identified them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even less information was read was recorded about the five other bodies that they found. Mm. You know, so they were they, they, they were able to identify Henry D. and Charles Moore, but the, uh, the rest of the bodies were like, "Oh, I don't. It's been they've been de- decomposed too long, or we don't know."
3: That's wild. So yeah. A hell of a discovery
0: for sure. By accident. They weren't looking for these people. Yeah. And that's that's the terrifying part is that you it's can go down like you can go down there you can come down there from New York, come down there from Birmingham, come down there from wherever to try to make a difference, get caught out there on the wrong night, they yeah. fucking drag you out into the woods, beat the shit out of you, bury you barely, but nobody's looking. Yeah. And then they happen to just when they, these two white guys got killed, a whole, you know, the FBI comes down, 200 people come down, they start combing the woods, searching the water, and they find eight bodies. Yeah. That nobody was looking for. It didn't even take that long to find the eight bodies. It's not just even, that they weren't
3: looking for them. Yeah, not even the two main. Not even the two main bodies they're looking for. The two white. No. Guys.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. Just just happened upon them looking for somebody else. Yeah. So uh, finally, after six weeks of searching, a tip from an informant later identified as Mississippi Highway Patrol officer named Maynard King sent investigators to a shallow grave on the old Jolly Farm outside Philadelphia, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Just want to make sure that people don't get confused. It was there that the FBI uncovered the bodies of Schwerner, Cheney and Goodman on August 4th, 1964. Throughout the fall of 1964, the FBI continued investigating the case. State and local law enforcement didn't pursue claiming insufficient evidence because murder was a crime covered by state law. The federal government could not bring charges. So because the FBI came down, figured out everything, found yeah. these bodies and all that, it was still up to the state to prosecute. They chose not to prosecute. And not mm. pro- not prosecute because they couldn't find a killer, but not investigate further to try to solve the case. Yeah. They were like, oh, you guys found the bodies? They, they, I guess they were killed. We don't know what happened, but we're not going to further investigate. So the FBI, because they couldn't pursue a murder case because murder is state jurisdiction— Uh, They decided to um, investigate the case, uh, uh, claiming—oh, yeah, so they decided not to bring up charges, and because the state didn't bring up charges, the federal government couldn't bring up charges either. Mm -hmm. But on December 4th of the same year, the Justice Department charged 21 men— With conspiring to violate Schwerner, Cheney, and Goodman's civil rights. Damn. Which they do have the ability to do. It's not a murder charge, but it's something. Yeah. We're gonna try to, we're gonna bring in the local chapter of the KKK or guys that we believe are affiliated with the KKK or anything. If you watch Mississippi Burning, this is a part of it as well, Mm -hmm. where they start to identify as, like, you know him and, you guys are all in on it together, and you're the sheriff, but the guy that works at the milk store, you guys are cool. And so they brought in all those guys. They they made a web of guys that they know have ties to the Ku Klux Klan and everything, and they brought them up on civil rights violation charges. Right? So prosecutors brought charges before a federal grand jury, which indicted 18 men in January of 1965. The following month, the presiding judge named William Harold Cox dismissed the charges against the majority of the defendants, maintaining that the law only applied to law enforcement, which in this case would be Deputy Sheriff Price, the guy that made them stay there, uh, the county sheriff, and a patrolman. So the other 21 dudes got to walk free. Yeah.
3: So can you be charged for that now? For to what? To in the Ku Klux Klan?
0: Well, they weren't charged for being in the Ku Klux Klan. They were charged with violating civil rights.
3: But that's not a thing. That's not, that's not a thing at all, though. Being
0: No, I don't. Mean, you can't be charged. Not a hate with group? Being, it's not
3: designated a hate group. How?
0: It's <laughs> a good question, man. I don't really <laughs> know. Sick. They're not designated a hate group in this country, uh, but they wow. want to make the Black Panthers designated a hate group and Black Lives Matter. But the KKK is not designated a hate group, uh, wow. and they did shit like this yeah. consistently for decades. But anyway, don't worry about that, Fran. That's that's great. that's history. That yeah. doesn't happen anymore. Uh, so you know, yeah. So they, eighteen guys, got to skate free, and they focused in on the people who were law enforcement because they said the civil li- the civil rights violation could only be a charge that's applied to law officers. Mm. So the other people, the other 18 people, were just people from around the town, Yeah, right? So uh, the prosecution appealed, and in 1966, the Supreme Court reinstated the charges, ruling that the law applied to both law enforcement officials and civilians. So this really kept juggling back and forth. But the end result, you're going to be pretty pissed off about. But first they said, no charges against anybody for murder. The federal government said, "Okay, well, we're going to charge these 21 guys with civil rights violations. Yeah. Then the prosecutor ended up getting the case. The charges dropped down for 18 of them, saying this law only applies to or the defense of the 21 men said this charge only applies to law enforcement officers. The prosecutor comes back around and says or they get they get the the ruling appealed saying, no, this law applies to civil rights violations, apply to apply to law enforcement officers and civilians. Everybody. So the back the 21 is back in the court. Yeah. Right. So in February of 1967, now this happened in 1964, so now Mm -hmm. we're three years in. In February of 1967, another federal grand jury indicted the men once again. And in October, a new trial began in Judge Cox's courtroom. Judge Cox is the original judge who dismissed the case from the jump, right? Yeah. Cox was known as a segregationist. He had been the subject of an unsuccessful impeachment attempt after describing African American witnesses in an earlier case as chimpanzees. Mm. But on the first day of trial, when the defense attorney asked a witness whether Schwerner was a part of a plot to rape white women during the summer of
3: 1964.
0: Wait, what? Yeah, that's that was the defense. Um, I'll get to it. Okay. They I have a I have another clip to play that I will play that explains what I just said. Mm. But the defense basically asked uh somebody was Schwerner a part of a group that was plotting to rape white women, mm. Schwerner being the victim. Yeah, him, uh, Cheney and Goodman. Right. So that was their defense. These these are a group of rapists, mm. or it's, or plotting, plotting to rape. Right. So he asked that question, and the judge responds back with, "I'm not going to allow a farce to be made of this trial." Right. So prosecutor John Doe later called Cox's response to the rape question a turning point in the fight for inju- in the fight for justice saying, if there had been any feeling in the courtroom that the defendants were invulnerable to conviction in Mississippi, this incident dispelled that completely. Cox made it clear that he was taking the trial seriously. That made jurors stop and think, hmm, if Judge Cox is taking this, taking this stand, we'd better make sure we uh, res- respect our responsibility as well. Yeah. And if this movie was made in 2020, This would be the worst movie ever because they would basically say, you know, this Judge Cox, they would make him the white savior. And he'd have that moment where he goes, man, you know, I I did call all black people chimpanzees, but I'm not wrong. Black people are all right. And then all the white people clap and, "Yo, oh, my God, you ended racism because you're not racist anymore. Good job. And then a black person hugs him and it wins an Oscar. So I want to say again that this guy, Judge Cox, did nothing but the bare minimum. Yeah, He went from calling black people chimpanzees to saying, hey, man, that question's out of line. Don't ask those questions. We're having a serious a serious trial here. And that made the other white people who are racist on the trial go, well, I mean, if he's going to put his racism aside, I guess we should also put our racism aside, too, and take this serious. And he was praised for that. Wow. But that's all you had to do. He still
3: called everybody monkeys and whatnot. That was in his past, Fran. Sure. It's like
0: the Confederate flag. It's the past. He's just, that's just past. Still it's said crazy. it. He did say it, yes. Um, as the trial proceeded, the prosecution read the Why do 19- they call us
3: monkeys, though?
0: Oh, I don't know. I don't. Like, I'm not. I'm not getting into that, man. Uh, <laughs> as the trial proceeded, the prosecution read the 1964 confession of Horace Doyle Barnabat and James Jordan, which described what happened on the night of June 21st. After which described the night of which described the night of June 21st. After leaving Schwerner, Cheney, and Goodman in the Philadelphia jail cell, Cecil Price contacted Edgar Ray Killen, one of the leaders of the Ku Klux Klan, who was also a Baptist minister. What? Go figure, right? Um, Killen directed, so, you know, maybe that's why the cross. You know, they believe this is, they're doing the work of God.
3: But they're burning the cross.
0: They're lighting, they're lighting the cross. Oh, it's it's they're making it a beautiful spectacle. Is
3: it? Hey I'm man, I don't know. I didn't either.
0: go. I didn't go to Klan College, you know. So I'm just guessing. I'm thinking they must think it's like beautiful. You ain't been out to the Clavern? No, I've been to the Clavern, man. Oh, okay. I, I haven't paid my dues, so <laughs> I'm a little behind on my Clavern membership. Uh, so uh, yeah. So uh, Edgar Ray Killen, who was in the Ku Klux Klan and a Baptist minister, uh, who that's who, uh who uh, Price went to go see when he was like, no, nah, you guys got to wait for the justice of the peace. I'll be right back. <laughs> and He went out to see this, this Baptist uh, preacher and be like, Hey man, I got some of them, uh, some of them guys down there at the jail cell. What do you want to do? Right? He's a minister. He's a minister, but he also leads a chapter of the Ku Klux Klan.
3: Yes. Yeah, I don't trust him. Uh,
0: so trust him. after he went and talked to them, they figured out what the plan was. Price went back to the prison, released the civil rights workers from jail and ordered them to head back to Meridian.
3: What if, what if they went, I'm going to just stay here. I'm not gonna. I don't have the money.
0: I don't know where you feel. I don't think they felt safe either way. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't stay there. Yeah, me at either, least but, I get in car, but I'm I got a car. I just saying. Chance. What
3: if? What if they went like Nah? No, I don't know. Then
0: they all just would have came to the jail cell. Probably would have been a lot more evidence to prove that something fucked up happened. But either way, they were burying the evidence no matter what. So they were gonna get got regardless. Yeah, they gonna they, 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 they were gonna through. get got regardless, right? Up, so they said. So basically, the guy show Price shows back up to the jail takes the money and goes, get out of here. Get out of Philadelphia and go to Meridian and take Route 3. Yeah. Basically is, you know, or he knows where they're going. Yeah. Right. So he, he lets them out and then he hits he headed back towards Meridian Meridian himself and then joined the pursuit of the core station wagon. Mm. So the police officer is now in the chase to hunt these guys down and lynch them. That's crazy. Right. So uh, they caught up with the three civil rights workers on Highway 19 which I'm sure is the situation where you say, go to Meridian and it's, it's only like One two way. ways. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I was like, taking the same I thing. I know we know which way they're gonna take. Yeah. We'll catch up to
3: yeah, them. right. I was taking the same thing. Yeah.
0: So the Klansmen forced the men into the car, into their cars, and drove all the vehicles to Rock Cut Road, a nearby side street. There, James Jordan shot Cheney and Wayne Roberts shot Schwerner and Goodman. Mm. The killers loaded the body into the core station wagon and drove them to the old to the old jolly farm where they used a bulldozer to bury the bodies. Now that tells me whoever's farm this was had to be in on it. Yeah. I mean, to, you know, to have be able to get the equipment. equipment. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this was like, "Oh, hey, Stacy, we're going to we got some of the boys outside. We're going to, you know, we got something to bury. Okay, guys, if you if you're thirsty, come up to the house." Very like this is typical. Yeah. The jury found 7 of the defendants guilty. Price, Barnett, Roberts, James Aldridge, uh I mean so James R. Ledge, Billy Wayne Posey, James Snowden, and Samuel Bowers, the Imperial Wizard of the of Mississippi's White Knights of the Ku Klux Klan. White Knights. Mm-hmm. They're, that's what they are. When they wear the hood and stuff, they are white knight. Uh you know, it's cool. Uh Bowers had a particular uh antipathy towards Schwerner, and he had begun planning his murder in the spring of 1964, so he already this guy James Bowers already didn't like Schwerner and was like, "I'm going to kill him, regardless." Yeah. And then, but this was the night where everything lined up and was like, "Oh, I'll kill him and two other dudes." Oh, cool. All right, this, this works out perfectly. I already don't like Mickey Schwerner. Yeah. So this this lined up perfectly for me. Uh, so in the three cases, the jury failed to reach a verdict. One juror refused to convict a minister, and, and so killing walked free.
3: The Ku Klux Klan leader. The Ku Klux Klan
0: leader, Klan leader slash. Baptist preacher. Baptist preacher yeah. So one of the it only takes one. One juror. So he was like, no, nah, I can't do this to a pre a, a pastor what? who is a Ku Klux Klan leader. <laughs> so yeah. I, I can't do that to but he's also a pastor. I can't do that to him. So I'm I'm gonna vote not guilty. So Killen walked free. And after unsuccessful appeals, the convicted men entered prison early in nineteen seventy. Each had received a sentence of between three and ten years. That's it. That's it. That's it. This is for three murders. Wow. But ultimately, none served more than six
3: years behind bars. That's a slap on the wrist.
0: And the guy who they believe was the ringleader of this whole thing walked free. Yeah, got nothing. In 1998, this is how far we are. This is how far we are from the 60s. This is how far we are from 1964. In 1998, Jerry Mitchell, an investigative reporter for for the Jackson Clarion Ledger, published excerpts from a 1984 interview with Samuel Bowers, who was also a leader of the KKK
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, in which he spoke openly about the killings. He said, quote, I was quite delighted to be convicted and have the main instigator of the entire affair walk out of the courtroom free, which everybody, including the uh, trial judge and the prosecutors and everybody else knows that that happened. Bauer said Mitchell Bower, this is what Bauer said. And he was basically saying, uh, that was in re- in reference to killing being allowed to walk free. Yeah, he's like we all knew when he walked out of that courtroom that he was the ringleader, That's and he just got away with murder basically. Yeah. But I loved it, and uh, you know, every, most of the people only got like six years in jail, so we basically got away scot free. And the main guy, our leader, walked right out the front door. Wow. In 1999, Mississippi Attorney General Michael Moore announced that he. Announced that the state would reopen the case at his re- at his request. The FBI turned over more than forty thousand pages related to the initial investigation. In January 2005, mm-hmm. 41 years after the murders, a grand jury char- charged Edgar Ray Killen with murder.
3: He's dead buddy? then.
0: No, but I'll uh, get I'll get no. to. It. They charged him with murder, right? Although several of Several of the other conspirators were still alive at the time. The grand jury did not find sufficient evidence to indict anyone else. So the other 20, the other 20 people that only got six years in prison, mm-hmm. now 2005, they're still some of them still alive, yeah. but they only have enough evidence to charge Edgar Ray Killen, the, the pastor slash leader, leader yeah. with, with murder. So no, but none of those other guys got charged. They just got six years, and now it's 41 years later, and after the six years that they served, they got to live the rest of their life. So did he did.
3: He did, too. He, yes, he did, too. Yes. So how was he was arrested, you know? Oh, I got you. Um, uh,
0: uh, uh, the trial drew national news coverage. Members of the victim's families were present at the trial, some as witnesses and some as observers. Ultimately, the jury found insufficient evidence for a murder conviction, but did find Killen guilty of the lesser charge of manslaughter. So he got three manslaughter charges, right? He was sentenced to 60 years in prison at 79 years of age. In 2011, a former self a former cellmate of Killen shed light on some confessions Killen made to both to him both vocally and in letters. Now I have another Dude. clip because this shit is pretty crazy. This is another clip. This is about three minutes long, but I'm gonna play the whole thing because is that true. What
3: that he did? He confessed in prison. I, again, it's
0: according to this black dude, Yeah. right? So, um, yeah, I'm going to play that right now.
5: Coming from copies of what writing experts say could be the personal letters of KKK leader Edgar Ray Killen. The notes were given to 16 WAPT by his former prison mate. 16 WAPT's Revelle Island has been combing over those documents. In the papers, Killen blames government corruption for the death of the three civil rights workers he was convicted of killing. These pages give insight into the mind of a KKK killer. Writing experts say these notes are from Edgar Ray Killen, written to his former cellmate, James Stearns.
2: So I made up my mind from that point on to calculatingly try to get as much information out of him as I can about that period of time.
5: Killen, a former imperial wizard for the KKK, confessing his crimes to a black man. My confession to personally killing Jesse Brown, Vincent Raspberry, Clifton Walker, Ed Smith, there's more I will tell you about. Did he actually participate in the killings or just orchestrated it?
2: He orchestrated it. Edgar Ray Killings, as the preacher, um, a lot of times got other folks to do his dirty work. See, in his mind, by killing the black people that he killed, or caused to be killed, he believed he was doing the world, the white race, a justice and a service.
5: In the letters, Killing claims he had friends in government. They gave him access to President Lyndon B. Johnson's recorded conversations. Killing rights. I obtained most of my information just after June twenty first, nineteen sixty four. It seemed to me that God just dumped LBJ secret meetings with only trusted Justice Department appointees in my lap. There was also talk that there were public officials involved in these crimes.
2: He named quite a few public officials. He, he named people as high as Senator Eastland to top government officials in the White House at the, during that time. He, this man was. So well-connected, according to him, that it it was scary.
5: According to Killen, President Johnson told justice leaders, quote, the G.D. Vietnam War is ruining his political future. He said get in the South, Mississippi especially, as it was the most segregated and would create more publicity for public to get off war news. So New York City furnished more young people reared by communists' Jew parents. Killen claims FBI and CIA agents set up training camps in Pascagoula, where Jews trained blacks to rape white women.
2: Gregory Killen Killens is probably, is to probably the, the only person that I can say that I've met that embodies evil thoughts, that he justified to be right.
5: In his letter to Stern, he writes... Most white people who heard this became alert, and every father, brother, sweetheart, or friend watched all hippie movements. Jewish-controlled media said gather for voter registration. According to the letters, Killen believed the three murdered civil rights workers were a part of the movement. Stern says the letters are his confessions to that crime and 32 others.
2: He said, I can get freedom if I was to lead law enforcement to these graves that are still existing today. They have bodies in them that no one knows they're there.
5: Travel Island, 16 WAPT News.
0: So basically within that clip, we are hearing that he may have orchestrated a ton more murders, but also he was spreading the propaganda that there were these Jewish controlled and CIA and FBI controlled groups that were being trained to come down to Mississippi and rape white women. Yeah. And these groups were predominantly led by Jewish and black people. Yeah. So I, I just I also want to reiterate to what I was saying earlier before break, before we started the whole show, is that when I hear these, you know, black Israelite tropes of, you know, the evil Jewish media and all this kind of stuff, Jewish people and black people did a lot of things hand in hand to get the Civil Rights Act passed, man. You know, like we we did a lot of stuff together and the plight of the black man and woman and the plight of the Jewish man and woman in this country are very similar. So I don't think that we should be. On opposite sides of the fence, you know, yeah. I and mean, we should be coming together in a commonality to, together because they're going to lump us in together. If this ever stuff this ever comes back around, you're just as much of the opposition as, as us. Yeah. You know, as you can tell by this story, I mean, this this violently racist man is using black people and Jewish people in the same sentence of hate. Get rid of them. Get them out of here. They rape our women and all these, the Jewish controlled media and these black monsters and all this kind of, it's all the same tropes being used against blacks and Jewish people. Mm. So, you know, it's just, it's just stupid to be on the opposite side of the line.
3: Yeah. He had hella connects though. God damn.
0: Uh, Again, Allegedly. I don't know how true what I just played is. This guy, but if he did a, though, oh, if he did, he's talking about people in 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 in, in, in government groups, yeah. and, and all the, yes, yes. But I don't find it hard to believe because David Duke was an, a, a wizard of the KKK, and he is a very prominent figure. Wizard, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're a wizard, David. <laughs> um, he was very prominent in politics and talked about. So I don't have a hard time believing that if you have a power enough to. Let's say you're uh, a part of a big chapter of the KKK mm-hmm. and you live in Mississippi, right? And your word means a lot to the public. Mm-hmm. Then I could see a congressman or a comptroller or whatever wanting to be friends with you yeah. because that'll get you more votes. yeah. But that's a Southern thing. It's like, I mean, I'm maybe they are racist. Maybe they're in the KKK too. But a congressman might go... Well, David Duke is kind of—he's refined and everything, but he isn't the KKK. But white people like him down here, so I have dinner with him, take some photos with him, get his endorsement, and that helps me be in politics. But then now you owe David Duke a favor. Yeah, you know. Well, how do you join a so. KKK?
3: Do you like apply for it, or it's like? Oh no! I'm, no, I'm well. You gotta go. you got to pay your
0: dues. You ever seen Black Klansmen? No, uh, no. Watch Black Klansman. Fascinating Movie. You got you get, you, get, that. you get a clan card. You got to pay your dues. You get, they get will a clan card? Yeah, you get a, a, a certified, like, I'm in the clan. Like, I'm like a AAA card. Wow. And if you don't pay your dues, they come, hey, man, you're behind on your dues, man. Take you your got, seat and shit. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. We yeah, you, you can't come to the meetings till you pay your dues. Wow. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's the most organized bunch of fucking hickey trash ever but they think we are we we will rise again and take over the nation
3: can you google it Mm
0: -hmm. google what a clan card probably anyway he died in uh at the age of (laughs) 92 in 2018 uh edward james killen he died in at 82 in the the year 2018 good riddance and burning hell uh that was the story of the mississippi burning murders mississippi burning is a very whoa you found some clan cards yeah oh you know they're up man no the clan cards are legit you gotta pay your dues Get you a nice little registration card so you can come to the meetings and identify yourself. Yeah, yeah, no. It's legit. It's legit bullshit, wow, but it's legit.
3: Wow, that is crazy. Why is a black man holding it, though? I'm a bit confused. That might have
0: been the guy from the Black Klansman. He might have infiltrated the... There's a guy he... Infilt... The Black Klansman is about a guy who infiltrated the KKK. Ron, a black guy.
3: Ron Stallworth? Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You might just be wad- looking at pictures of uh, Denzel Washington's son who played the guy. In... <laughs> I don't. I, you don't know the movies. So I don't know if you are. But that, that might be Denzel Washington's son. That you're looking at pictures no,
3: of. His son. I don't know his
0: That's son. who played the Black Klansman in the movie. Anyway, oh, uh, rest in peace to everybody involved in the Mississippi. They have advertisement.
3: Burner. I'm sorry. This is crazy. <laughs> yes. This is this yes, is Yes, they,
0: they recruit people often. So I want to say rest in peace to James Cheney, um, Andrew Goodman, and Mickey Schwerner. And shout out to Rita Schwerner who held it down and made sure she used the publicity in the spotlight that came from her husband being involved in this case. To keep the pressure on this town and, yeah. and and do her best to try to make a good thing happen. Now, unfortunately it took forty one years for justice to be served and it wasn't fully served because only one person was convicted and it was for manslaughter. It wasn't even for outright murder. Mm. But Edgar Ray Killen died in his, you know, in, in prison at the age of ninety two about two years ago. So that was my affirmative murder. It's a 92 he year lived though. in ninety two and he lived a lot of those years out free on the street. That's crazy. Um, Yeah, because he wasn't arrested until 2005. But, you know, justice is what it is, and that's just criminal justice system. Works how it works. Anyway, let's, uh, instead of dwelling on that and, you know, getting bummed out, let's get into these good vibes. (laughs) Good vibes. That's right, folks. It's time for a pick me up from all this dark, fucked up shit. So let's get into these good vibes and uplift these spirits. Fran, my good vibe story this week is a story of some Jewish people who have been donating their plasma okay. to help, uh, you know, coronavirus relief. Mm-hmm. Right. So since Hasidic, since Hasidic and Jewish Orthodox communities were some of the first to suffer the worst COVID-19 outbreaks they are now turning their experiences into a nationwide movement that has already saved thousands of lives out of all of the COVID-19 treatments that are currently being researched in the U S convalescent plasma therapy has been shown to be particularly promising, especially to for severe cases of the virus. The treatment involves drawing blood plasma out of an, out of an individual who has recovered from and built up an immunity to Mm COVID-19. Testing the blood for related antibodies and then injecting into a, st- into a sick patient so that the antibodies can attack the virus for its new host. When Dr. Michael Joyner first began uh, spearheading the treatments, research, uh, the, the treatments research at the Mayo Clinic back in mid-April, uh, one of the biggest hurdles for its progress was obtaining blood plasma from people who had already recovered from the novel coronavirus. Joyner knew that many Jewish communities in New York City had been hard hit by the virus prior to the city's lockdown because of its large religious families, because the large religious families tend to be more closely knit. So he hosted a conference call with several of the city's most prominent rabbis and asked them for help. Just 36 hours later, more than 1000 vials of plasma from Jewish people had been recovered from the virus uh, were delivered to the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota. Damn. Yeah, they got right on it. The delivery was not just an astonishing feat of organized community speed. It was also a medical success. More than 60% of the donations tested positive for antibodies proven to be effective to fight against COVID-19. Since that initial jo- donation, Jewish communities across the country have hosted plasma drives to help save at-risk COVID patients. Um, somebody, the doctor was quoted as saying, there's no way we'd be able to treat so many people without them. They were the straw that serves the, the drink in a lot of ways. That's weird, a weird metaphor when we talk about blood. But yeah. yeah, I know they are. Uh, additionally, their donations have been sent to research facilities around the world to help further the treatment's development for more widespread use. To date, more than 36,000 American people have been treated with antibody-rich plasma transfusions, and more than half of those blood donations have come from Jewish people. Because we were ravaged by COVID 19 so early on, we recognized that we had an opportunity to give back to the scientific community and our fellow brothers who are suffering. This was a quote from Dr. Israel Ziskind. Ziskind. That's a tough one. ZYS kind. Ziskind. A Brooklyn pediatrician and Jewish practitioner. Uh, he also said We don't just care about ourselves, we care about everyone, and we will do whatever we can. So shout out to the J gang out there, you know, getting it done, Hasidic, you know, yeah. all of that, you know. Isn't that painful? No, you're just getting a needle. Oh, just donating blood, oh. and then they extract the plasma from the blood. Oh. So it's just blood donation. Okay, not just, but you know. Anyway, shout out to the Hasidics and the Orthodox J gang out yeah, there. Out much respect, much love, unity, peace and love, all that stuff, friend. It's on you.
3: Yeah. Um. My good vibe this week. A boy has finally found his forever dad. Forever mm. dad. A single man that is. A single man that is the kind of person who would take in, take in a stranger during the time of greatest need. So Tony Mutubazi, oh. um, childhood, oh. childhood hasn't been easy. After his birth parents gave him up for adoption, he spent a few years in a foster care system before being adopted at age four. Mm. But those parents left him in Charlotte, North Carolina Hospital when he was 11 and never returned. Wow super fucked up so a few days later peter peter matubazi received a call from the foster care worker jessica ward requesting that he take tony for the weekend peter who had already been a foster parent for three years knew he had to make he had to do more after hearing tony's story by that time i was crying peter told good america good morning america i thought who would do that Mm -hmm. once i knew the parents." Once I knew the parents' rights were signed off and he had nowhere to go, I knew I had to take him. I had the room, the resources, so I had no reason to let him go. Mm. Peter has been cheering up Tony ever since, watching movies, playing board games, reading, and taking him cycling. In November 2019, he made an official um, adopting the young teen to become his dad. So He's the nicest and smartest kid I've, I've ever had, Peter said. So he got like um this guy... Um, he has a Facebook page called Foster Dad Flipper.
0: Foster is that his name? Foster Dad Flipper?
3: Yeah. Okay. Um, and then he has like is a picture of him, is um him and the the, the, the kid is white. Uh-huh. They got like they like reading books, in the room and um uh, looks like they're having a good time. He had another picture with them too. They have black shirts on, they have these black shirts and the words it got words on it says, Families don't have to match. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that is it's that like, is cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um So um, they got like, he has like over 5,000 likes on on each of those pictures. Yeah,
0: see, I I wanted to touch on that because you got to be careful with this kind of stuff. I'm sure this is not the case, but I don't know if I, we didn't touch on it much. We might have touched on it briefly here. I don't think I went in in depth on the podcast, but there's this story about this YouTube couple who have all these kids and they adopted a kid with Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. and. They were told before they followed through with the adoption that this kid is severely mentally challenged and he will probably not be able to speak and will require uh, like assistance for the rest of his life. And they followed through with it. They said, you know, we're his forever. They said the same thing, actually. Yeah. We're his forever family and all this kind of stuff. They get him. They aren't equipped to handle it. They, you know, you know, they are frustrated with his uh, inability to do the things that they want him to do. And they end up giving him away. They, like, gave him to him. another family. You can that. do that? <laughs> Apparently. But, <laughs> but the this? thing is, they were doing YouTube videos and everything before they made this announcement. Uh-huh. But once they made the announcement that they were adopting a kid from China it with special up. needs, it blew up. They oh. got all kind of ad revenue, and their mm. their channel blew up. They basically monetized the kid and the story and the journey of being— because it takes a long time to get approved to get to do an international adoption. Mm. And they they video recorded that entire journey— made all kinda of money, got ads, sponsorships from Sears and Macy's and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Everybody loves them. And it cost about twenty five thousand dollars to apply to get it to get an adoption internationally. You gotta pay? They didn't have to pay because oh. they crowdsourced it. Oh. So they got all these new fans to pay for their adoption, which they were monetizing off of because of the the savior complex and the everybody being like, oh my God, they're saving this kid from China. Yeah. Everybody thought it was so beautiful that they they gained all these fans and everything. Uh-huh. And then as time went on, once they got the kid and were still making videos, the video started to dwindle of him being in them. So people uh-huh. started to go, where's the kid? Where's the kid, yeah. And then they put out this video saying, oh, you know, he's been having a lot of hard time with his Down syndrome or whatever his mental specific um, issues are. He's been having a hard time, so we haven't been having him in the videos as much. And then they come out with... Oh, you know, it's been hard, but we've decided that, you know, he needs to go. He's found his new forever family. And, you know, we love him very much, but we've sent him to somebody who's more equipped. People went crazy. You guys they are should. awful. Yeah. Da, da, da. They put out an apology video that didn't help. Everybody started unsubscribing from these people. Good. They're terrible. It's despicable, awful. And I'm not saying that that's what this is. But when you go into the part where it's like they got 5000 likes, that stuff turns into money eventually people love it and they want to send money and donations and all that kind of stuff and it sounds like this kid is just doesn't have any tribulations that this guy has to deal with mm-hmm. and that's beautiful but there are cases this one i just described specific, specifically where people do stuff for the likes and for the attention yeah. and for all that and then when fucking when push came to shove they pushed that kid out the fucking house
3: you know what you know their youtube channel
0: no, oh. uh, I don't know their YouTube channel. I don't, I don't remember their names off That's top. Up, but man. either way, they are losing subscri- subscri- subscribers rapidly, and Good. I'm sure they aren't really monetized Good. anymore.
3: Deserve- but
0: that was a beautiful story that you told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, before we go, I want to say to you, Fran, and to all the listeners, if you haven't gone on Disney Plus and watched Hamilton yet, great play, yeah, man. Yeah, I heard about it. I heard beautiful. like that was long, though. It is about it's about two and a half hours long, but yeah. there's an intermission halfway through, like in a real play. I heard it was good though. It's a great play. It's yeah. it's, it's super hip hop, but it's it very it it does all kind of different styles of music. Yeah. But it's super hip hop, great rhymes, great raps, great songs. The the production is beautiful. The way that they use the set is beautiful. I really enjoy watching Hamilton. And then on the flip side, me and Sierra watched Cats, and that movie was terrible. Was but I high? heard it was gonna be ter- yeah 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 okay. I was I, that's, that's how you supposed to watch. Yeah, it. I heard it was yeah. gonna be terrible. So we took some edibles and we watched Cats and it was absolutely terrible and confusing and, and creepy seeing people act like cats yeah. and the guy who plays...
3: Nobody talks? No, they talk. Oh.
0: But they, the only guy, the, the guy that plays Dumbledore, Ian McKellen, was super in cat mode. Where he's like, meow, meow, rubbing his face up against the wall. You're like, whoa, this is weird. Yeah, So that was super weird. I don't recommend that unless you're doing it for the funny of it. Like, you know this is going to be... I enjoy that sometimes. Sometimes it's fun watching something bad. Mm -hmm. And we went into it knowing it was going to be bad. And we had a blast. We were laughing and everything like that. But Hamilton is just great on its own. I heard, yeah. Um, And also, I started watching um, that HBO show... The, the, detec- the detective guy. I can't remember his name right now. Shit. Perry Mason. They brought Perry Mason back. Mm-hmm. Perry Mason used to be like uh, Matlock kind of. It was like an old guy solving mysteries and things like that. Mm-hmm. They made it. They brought it back. It's super dark, super crazy. So Perry Mason, great show. Highly recommend that show. Um, but uh, you got anything you've been watching or listening to, Frank? No, man. To- Mm-mm. just been out there in that heat yeah. dropping the mail off yeah <laughs> that's pretty respect, much it I respect him man <laughs> <laughs> I respect him bro yeah I'm waiting for basketball to get back <laughs> man <laughs> well I you know um, basically uh, that's all we got for this week I've been Alvin Williams joined as always by my partner and true crime Franco so, Evans we'll see you guys next week Peace.
1: This summer's must-read mystery is Meredith Adamo's Not Like Other Girls. A girl's search for her missing classmate digs up dangerous secrets in this unputdownable feminist thriller, perfect for fans of Veronica Mars and A Good Girl's
4: Guide to Murder.